Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the bizarro final week of the NBA regular season just gets more bizarro. The Jazz and Suns separate themselves from the rest of the NBA. They have the two best records, and now all of a sudden, they've combined to lose four games on four consecutive days. Jazz got beat at home by the Portland Trailblazers 105-98, one day after the Suns lost to the Warriors which was one day after the Jazz lost to the Warriors, which was one day after the Suns lost. Well, you get the idea. So what went wrong for the Jazz? I think if you boil it down, this was a good example of the Jazz. And I I know we can nitpick at key possessions and stuff that happened. I think this is a good example of the Jazz defending pretty well. But they have to put non-shooters on the floor. they got to put guys on the floor who... Can't score, can't finish, and in some of them have in other games, but they're getting scouted. And Quinn references that, and you're going to hear that coming up. I think, or maybe Rudy references it. Maybe they both did. Oh, you're going to hear it coming up in the jet, best of the Jazz post game. Guys are getting scouted. Favorite moves are getting taken away. Plus, they're not going to be good every night. If you're good every night, you're a star. You know, you have a good game, you have a mediocre game, you have a bad game. You're a role player. So, Mione, Trent Forrest. Um, Matt Thomas, a combined two of 13, mostly Forrest. He was one of nine. Uh, but those guys played almost uh, almost 40 minutes, and they were combined two of 13. The, clearly, the Blazers were helping off uh, Mione and off of Forrest. Uh, clearly. And that jams things up when other guys want to drive, and the Blazers are switching, and the Jazz are trying to beat them off the dribble. And the guys who are really good at that, Donovan Mitchell and, and Mike Conley, aren't playing. But some of the other guys can do it. Joe does it once in a while. Bogey, uh, Clarkson, certainly. And uh, it's tough, though, because they're finding that there's more help defenders and more of a crowd because some of the guys are non-shooters. I mean, we're kind of back into the whole Derek Favors at four Ricky Rubio era. You know, where well, you're playing three on five or four on five, depending on how the, the rotation's working in that particular stretch of the game. 98 points just isn't a winning number. Um, jazz don't win very often. Nobody in the NBA wins very often these days when they score under 100 points. And the Jazz, <laughs> the Jazz had to get going in garbage time to get to 98. I really thought there was a timeout and they were down double digits and they were stuck on 81 points in the middle of the fourth quarter. The first quarter was pretty good. The Jazz were up 31-24. They had some stuff going. But they got to use their starters and guys you regularly see out on the court. They went down the bench starting the second quarter, and that's when things started getting mucked up. The seven-point lead was a three-point deficit at halftime. And then the Blazers slowly pulled away from there. You just can't be stuck on 81 points in the middle of the fourth quarter and think you're going to be there. Now you'll say, what's going on? And I think it's pretty simple. You know, Conley and Mitchell didn't play. And they would have gotten all the minutes from... Mione and from Trent Forrest and from Matt Thomas. They would have gotten all those minutes. And they would have taken some minutes off some of the other guys who are playing bigger minutes. You know, uh, uh, Niang is playing bigger minutes. Maybe Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles picking up a few minutes as well. And so they had those guys to be in better shape. I mean, if they up and traded those two All-Stars for three role guys, everybody would be up in arms. What are you doing? Well, that's essentially what injuries have forced them into. And it better be healthy for the playoffs because this clearly isn't working. It hasn't worked against two teams during the playoffs. We've been talking about how good the eight teams are. And you know, I thought the Jazz defended. And, you know, in the post game, there was a lot about um, from Rudy Gobert and Bojan Bogdanovic. 
about, hey, I thought we defended well. We only gave up 105 points. They cited, they cited a lot of the same points. I think they were the points Quinn cited in his postgame message, message to the team. Don't get too down. We did some good things. We defended well. Um, I think Quinn knew the points were going to be hard to come by and the good shots were hard to be, come by. And I think you've seen stuff out there. Several people, I put it out there, but so have several other people on social media, of Quinn just flinching big time when Joe Ingles passed up an open shot because it was so hard to get open shots for his best players. So the Jazz get beat. Now are the Suns going to beat the Blazers? Blazers have it going. You know, this was partly about the Jazz struggling and the Jazz injuries. Uh, but, you know, as, as both uh, Bogdanovich and Gobert pointed out, Blazers made a lot of contested shots. And um, I had to find in TV cover video. You know, they say it, so you got to show a picture. I had no problem. I went right to a stretch of, of the late first, early second quarter, and I saw that McCollum had scored there and Lillard had scored there, and I checked the shots, and sure enough, they are all contested. Every last one of them put three of them right on TV last night. So now the good news for the Jazz is the bar gets lowered Friday, Oklahoma City. If you can't beat Oklahoma City, then you're really in trouble. Then you are really in serious trouble. So the magic number stays at two. We'll see if the Suns will help the Jazz back into this baby and see how they handle the Blazers tonight. Blazers have won nine of their last ten. All right, we're going to take a break. More on this game coming up. we got the best of the post-game show uh, on the way. And also, time to talk with Tim Lacombe. Hear him on uh, the Jazz pre-, half-, and post-game, and we will talk with him next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Time to uh, hear from Tim Lacombe. PK and I had him on late in the show yesterday, former BYU assistant. He was on Rick Majerus' staff at Utah. He's now on our Jazz pre-half and post-game shows. And uh, Tim had a lot to say. Big picture stuff. Obviously, they hadn't lost the Blazers, and everybody had high hopes at this point. Uh, but big, big picture stuff as far as what the Jazz are struggling with here at the end of the year and what they need to do to be ready for the playoffs. Here's Tim Lacombe with PK and I. Tim, good morning. Good morning. How we doing, guys? We're doing well. We're doing well. PK and I seem to be a little healthier than Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and Jawan Morgan. We're all out tonight. And Donovan is out for the rest of the regular season, and we're just curious, your level of concern. Um, for Donovan's health in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of something clever to say, but I'm not really concerned. I think, uh, I mean, obviously it's a little bit more than than what we'd hoped in terms of an ankle. Um, but I just, from my experience, I think this is a perfect time and uh, to rest him, you know, get him healthy, especially if Phoenix keeps playing along. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of like when you have a, a really good player out of a game um, with foul trouble or maybe his ankle's hurting him a little bit and you've got a big lead and there's no reason to put him back in. Um, to jeopardize anything, and I think that's kind of where we are. Uh, I look at that last that that week that we've never really had before prior to the playoffs. The Jazz will have, um, and 
I think that's going to be a magical week where everybody uh, sings Kumbaya and healing thoughts and therapies go through the team and everybody's ready to roll by the playoffs. That's kind of my hope. So, Tim, you're you're a rock and roller. Everybody knows that. And the 2021 inductees, we got Tina Turner, Todd Rudgren, the Foo Fighters. We got Carol King. And then we've got the Go-Go's. How in the world can the Go-Go's be mentioned at the same level with Carol King? I don't understand that. No offense to the Go-Go's, but Carol King should have been in a long time ago compared to the Go-Go's. That's the real travesty of the morning. Well, I think that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing's gone off the rails years ago. I mean, I think it was just a year or so ago they put Rush in, for heaven's sakes. Um, how can <laughs> you they should have never put Hall him in, I agree. Who? <laughs> you know, you know, you're just pulling the pin on the grenade at that point, man. The Rush fans, they are hardcore. Oh, they're he just, well, they're he, coming and for he's you. The best too, because he he reached in, pulled the pin, and ran to the other room, which is my favorite <laughs> thing about him. Rush, yeah. Can, can you just play fingernails on a chalkboard instead? That would be a lot more fun. Well. They're talented, talented fingernails on the chalkboard. Let's put it that way. But how do you have the Go Go's at the same level of Carol King? Come on, it's ridiculous. I know, man. There needs to be like wings. There needs to be like bubblegum wing. You know, uh, heart and soul, like blood and guts. But Go Go's would definitely be in the bubblegum wing for for sure. Tapestry versus our lips are sealed. But it, but it is like a, it's like an art museum. You know, you go through and. It's to everybody. You know, there's a lot of fans of the Go-Go's out there. They'll be thrilled. And uh, and they, so you can just walk right by that painting if you want to. Just go study the Van Gogh. <laughs> They're there because they got the beat. That's it. Bottom line. Does seem like they should have stayed on top everybody for another. Everybody, get off your feet. Does seem like they should have stayed on top for another decade for this to happen. But, oh, well. I think Belinda Cole, I'll just throw the fact that she's Belinda Carlisle should be in. In any capacity. <laughs> but that, that's for another show. Yeah, that, that's inappropriate, Tim. No, Strike she, that she from the wonderful. She was wonderful. <laughs> All right, if I got to talk basketball, I will. Uh, you had uh, Majerus as a heavy influence. How difficult is it knowing what Majerus would think for a coach like Quinn Snyder to just say, Jordan, you're in. There's the ball and there's the basket. Go at it. Well, I think it's unique. Um, Jordan spoke to it, you know, this year many times that he really does feel like he's found a place that understands him. Um, And, you know, I know the book on him is he's going to shoot it every time he gets it. And, you know, I think sometimes – that wears thin on on fans and people that watch. But, you know, what happened in the fourth quarter the other night is what excites me about Jordan and why I'm a big fan because the guy's relentless at going to get baskets. And, um, you know, sometimes he struggles. He doesn't take different shots. They're the same shots. Some nights they go in and sometimes they don't. But he's going to give you a great effort. And where I'm – feel like Jordan's made a major step is I think he's really trying harder defensively. I noticed last week in a couple of games, you know, there's some responsibility when you're off the ball, um, you know, to have to to protect somebody that goes to give a little bit of help and you're always kind of on a string. So 
if there's, you know, two guys that step to help, you know, you've got to step toward it and kind of be a stunt guy. Um, and Jordan's doing an awesome job at stuff like that. And I just didn't feel like he was doing a whole lot of that when he got here. So those are the little things. I know, I know people want him to find available guys more and that sort of thing. But I think Jordan's going to be so valuable when it comes to playoff time um, because he feels no pressure. And just like the other night, he can turn a really tough night into a, uh, you know, amazing night in one quarter. And so that's why it's fun to watch him. That's why I'm glad he's on the Jazz. And, again, another guy, he and Bojan in the same, you know, not the same calendar week, but within a week, they score 40. And they're ancillary, you know, quote-unquote ancillary players. You're not your front-line guy. So, I don't know if we've ever had that situation. We've had a couple different guys that could go for 40. And that's certainly exciting when you think about uh, what that can do for the Jazz in the playoffs. So Jordan hasn't had great playoffs in the past. Now he hasn't had a lot of them, right? A little bit with Cleveland, a little bit in the bubbles. So do you think this is going to be different than those? you think it's going to be a little off the charts here? I mean, he shot a little under 35% from three in the bubble which isn't a great number, but I think especially when you consider in the bubble, we saw so many guys shoot better, you know, no travel, shooting background, no fans, all that kind of stuff. But do you think he could really go off? A couple things I think that play in his favor. Mm -hmm. He's going to be playing a lot more games at home, you know, in this situation, and they're going to be the one seed, it looks like, man. I don't want to jinx them, but Phoenix keeps playing along, so that's good. Um, But I think, you know, again – he can look at Quinn and Quinn can look at him and there's an understanding and I don't feel like he's ever felt like he's had that before. So, um, his confidence is, is an all time high. You know, I don't think he thinks one bit about missing a shot and, um, that's all good stuff. You know, I'm not going to say he's going to have this great playoff run, but I'm telling you, he's, he's going to be important because he's one, the one guy out there that doesn't feel the pressure. I really believe it. I, I think he comes out, He's the same guy every night. Um, and that kind of thing can really help, especially when you get in tough situations. Yeah, it can. And then I, I think that, too, uh, They and this goes for just about every player out there, uh, we saw the other night there was a lot of pressure on him to get that team back, and he did. So, you know, I don't know that I necessarily worry about past playoff performances because if I got Conley and Mitchell – in the lineup for the start of the playoffs, don't you think that that really eases the burden on everybody else? Yeah, it, it should, right? And in a perfect world, the question is going to be, especially with Donovan not making it back, um, you know, for the rest of the season. Um, you know, that last, that week's going to be really important because then you've got all you've got that period of time. Hopefully, everybody can be healthy and play. But yeah. I think the pressure, unfortunately, and it's just the way this this works, is the pressure goes to the the guys with the with the most, um, you know, the, the kind of bring the most to the table. And I think Donovan's always going to be number one on the scouting report when he's healthy for the Jazz. Um, and Mike Conley's a, such a key because he's had 13 years in the league. He's played in the playoffs. You know, he's a veteran, so he can handle a lot of that pressure too. Um, your guy Joe has been unbelievably good, you know, since Donovan's been out, and he hasn't been 
you know, hasn't just been putting up eye-popping numbers. But if you watch one of the game plan things uh, against Joe is they pick him up full court and make him bring that thing, um, you know, wear out energy and make him really kind of, you know, think about every dribble. And I think Joe's been great. You know, he had a couple turnovers late in a game the other night that the Jazz won. Um, But he's, he's handled the ball the majority of the time. Trent Forrest has helped some. But that's really a, a real thing that the Jazz will benefit from, too, is getting Mike back on the ball, Donovan back on the ball, you know, Joe being able to handle the ball some, but still, you know, still get the ability to shoot, catch and shoot threes. And then, of course, uh, it allows Jordan just to roam and do Jordan things. I'm excited to see how it affects Bojan, too, because he's been so terrific during this stretch. Tim Lacombe joining us, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. We have seen uh, the Mavericks and the Lakers. Uh, Mark Cuban, LeBron James complain about this play-in series, but it seems to me like it is a big hit. It's got teams playing hard. The Blazers are playing hard to avoid it. The Lakers are playing hard trying to avoid it. I think the teams in it are playing hard. The Warriors have put together some good games trying to improve their odds as much as possible. Even if you're in it, if you win that first one, it's just one game, right? And you can get to seven and all that stuff. Is this here to stay? You think the NBA is loving this? I think it is. I sure have liked it. Um, the difference in, in quality of games at this time of year, you know, t- compared to prior years, is there's no comparison. Um, I think everybody started to, you know, bring everybody back in and started playing 10 day guys and really resting everyone. And honestly, there's in every spot for the most part, there's a pretty nice race. Um, and you watch games and the stars are playing and the games mean something. And I I think that's what the NBA was doing, even to the point where, you know, that last day was all TBD. And now they're going to play all those games within a block of time where, you know, you can't sit and watch scores and figure out how you're going to sub and that sort of thing. So I, I like it. I really like it. I don't know. I mean, for years that eight became sacred and they were in the playoffs, um, you know, it's it's just a little bit of a, a tweak to to that, and it gives more teams opportunity, and it creates excitement. It keeps um, you know the coaches and, and players invested and involved, and I think that it, all that stuff's really good for the game and fans. You speak of Boyan, and obviously it's been cool to see him turn it on. And he spoke of earlier of being in the worst slump of his lifetime, basically, or certainly as an NBA player. Uh, is it just repetition, or what is it that you think has allowed him to flourish to the level he has? Let me start by saying I love Bojan. I absolutely love watching this guy play. I went to lunch yesterday with a longtime high school coach um, that was kind of a mentor to me, and we were eating lunch together, and we started talking about the jazz and his first comments were about Boyan and just how funny he is to watch and all the little things he does. I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. I know he, he becomes a little bit of the, uh, you know, he's had, he's had some ups and downs this year. He's had, you look at his box scores and he'll go, you know, 20, 17, six, 18, 21, four, you know, uh, and it's kind of like that. And he hasn't had years like that. So, it's nice to see him in this groove he's in right now. I think there's a couple reasons why. David mentioned he's, you know, 
this year he's getting 25% less shots than he got last year. Um, so obviously you're going to, you're going to have to adjust to that. You're a scorer, you're a shooter when that ball should be in your hands from time to time. And if, you know, that that's one out of every four trips, um, you know, and you're not getting an opportunity. So that's one thing that he's adjusted to. I don't, I don't complain about that or argue about it. It's just the facts of the, the nature of this team. Um, Number two, I think his health was was really a concern. I think his wrist, you know, he had surgery. His wrist was bugging him, and he never really got that opportunity to get out and play in the offseason, you know, whatever the offseason was, three weeks or something. Uh, But then when he got back in, I think it was just kind of now he got thrown back into it, and he kind of had to do things on the fly. So I think there was a combination of, of a little bit of fear about the the injury itself. I mean, many times, I think during the season where he went to the floor, grabbed his wrist. You know, Rudy helped him up from that wrist once and about yanked it out of socket. You know, he he kind of grimaced. Um, so I think that's been part of it. He he, in my mind, what he ended up doing to simplify things is he started being a little bit more reliant on the rim, and particularly to start games. You'll see him get down there. Um, get something in the paint or get something going to the rim. And then when he gets those wide open threes, he's in a rhythm and he's got a little bit of confidence because he's seen that thing go in. Um, the other piece I would give just immense credit to is the coaching staff. Uh, this stuff doesn't just happen. Uh, players don't just, you know, I mean, players are driven and all that, but they coaching really is important. And the, the things that they do with those guys and the way they get them to develop and improve, um, I've seen it with every guy on the Jazz team this year. I've seen every guy take a step in one facet or the other. And um, I'm just thrilled that Bojan's where he is. Seems like a hell of a good guy. And I'm really uh, cheering for him. Hopefully the playoffs go well for him and and, um, and that he's a key cog to a long run. So if you think the coaching staff and the things that they've done during the course of the season are underrated, then I think the other thing that's underrated is what had to happen with the front office and Ryan Smith to keep Alex Jensen happy and keep him on the coaching staff because the threat of him going to the U felt very real and uh, they did some major stuff to take care of him and keep him. So that underrated and underplayed, but then you got to think that that was really important. Yeah, the front office is is, is phenomenal. Um, you know, you start to look back at how they acquired these pieces and. You know, when you look at Jordan Clarkson, every time he's out there, like he gets 41. You know, you backroom deal Dante Exum out of Dodge to get him. Um, I, I think these guys have just done a great job building the team they had to build to change the narrative. Um, you know, this is a perfect built team to shoot 43 threes a game because it's, you know, you have to respect everybody that's on the floor and then you've got perhaps the best screen and roll guy in the game, or, or certainly the best screen assist guy, as Locke would say, but that stuff's real too. I mean, Rudy, you can go try to set a screen, or you can give your entire body to a screen. And Rudy gives his entire body to a screen every single time. Um, so uh, my, my thought is the front office has, you know, it, it's been their brainchild you know, along with Quinn, but they've built this team to play exactly this way. Um, and right now, you know, 
know, it's a, it's been really, really successful. The playoffs are a whole different thing. Um, everybody around here gets amped up, but also everybody starts to bite their fingernails. Um, my hope is we can just sit back and enjoy this thing. Um, the Jazz have worked hard to get themselves to this spot. This the front office, the coaching staff, the players. Um, maybe one of those years where whatever happens, we just get behind this team. Uh, you know, crazy stuff can happen with good mojo and energy. I know Brian Smith's a big believer in that. But, yeah, credit across the organization because uh, for what this year's been, what it's meant, um, the, the challenges with COVID, the way these guys have really kind of come together. It's, it's really an uh, inspiring story, and I hope they can just continue to play as long as possible. As always, we appreciate it, Tim. Thank you. Gentlemen, thank you. W- one last thing. I've got a – the party hunts are coming to Utah. And uh, we're going to play the 10th and 11th – excuse me, the 9th and 10th of July. So you guys are invited. I would love you to come. You sauna? No, you sauna a little more. We went ahead and got rice knuckles. Uh, <laughs> borrowed the stage from uh, the aquarium. Cars? <laughs> no, we're, we're actually going to play a little venue down here in Provo. Uh, details will be out there soon. We're going to play two nights of, of really cool no, go go stuff. A lot of go go's, right? That's, no your, that's your jam. <laughs> Why is he playing the go-go? They're going to the Hall of Fame. Because I motioned for him to play your band, and he... I had him queued up. Went ahead and played the Go-Go's, and then we both, our, we both started giggling and laughing at each other. The comedy's actually pretty good. Right, exactly. We started work. giggling. So. The party the hounds have the beat. Let's be, cr- let's be clear about this. I am, I'm going downstairs. I'm going to put my house slippers on, a hat, drive to the nearest supermarket and get me a piece of bubble gum. <laughs> there it is. That's what that made me want to do. Thanks, Tim. We appreciate it. Bye. There's Tim Lacombe. You'll hear him Friday night, jazz pre-half and post-game show as the jazz take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Going to take a break, come back with the best of the post-game show. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. The Utah Jazz get beat by the Portland Trailblazers. Jazz fall at home. Now... <laughs> the, the magic number stays at two. And the Suns have got another chance. Can the Jazz win their last two games? You know, just uh, we just crawl towards the finish of the season here. Let's get you the best of the postgame show now on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jazz lose to the Blazers last night, 105 
98, a game where the Jazz had a lot of trouble putting the ball in the basket in the second half, ran out of gas by the fourth quarter, and uh, come up with the loss. Their magic number to uh, clinch uh, the top seed in the Western Conference remains at two. Uh, The Phoenix Suns play this very same uh, Portland Trailblazers team tonight. So any uh, combinations of two of the Jazz win or Phoenix loss, and uh, the Jazz will uh, seal up that top spot in the Western Conference. The Jazz have two games left. Oklahoma City tomorrow night, and then uh, wrap things up on Sunday against the Sacramento Kings. I said the odds of uh, the Jazz locking up that number one seed still very, very good. Uh, Damian Lillard had 30 last night. C.J. McCollum with uh, 26 for the Jazz. Jordan Clarkson had 29 points on 11 of 17 shooting. Uh, Rudy Gobert with 15. Joe Ingles 14. Bogdanovich 12. Niang 11. But again, the Jazz coming up short against the uh, Blazers. Let's get some uh, sound going for you. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. We'll start with Kristen Kenny. Hey, Coach, you guys were rolling in that first quarter shooting nearly 60%, but then you went 22 of 63. What was Portland doing so well defensively? They were they were working hard. I think maybe the biggest thing for us is, you know, trying to stay out of a half court game and you know that you know, I, th- I thought we fouled and that slowed the game down because you know we're not able to push the ball whether it's a make or a miss um and that's what you know that's what we've done done well i think that's what we did well early um but it's you know like i said we we sometimes you know, sometimes you make or you miss. And I, I thought we got good looks and um, they just didn't go in. And that's you just got to keep grinding. Next up, Tony Jones, The Athletic. Coach, I'm wondering if, um, you know, some guys are starting to show fatigue, not overall game fatigue, but just fatigue of playing upper role in terms of Joe being, you know, the, the primary ball handler. Uh, Bojan being the primary scorer, um, you know, or some of is that catching up to you guys a little bit uh, as we head down the stretch? Um, you know, I, I think that you know this, this we've played well. You know, we won five in a row at home. Um, you know, last night we took a game. We were down to the last possession. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes when the when the ball doesn't go in you know, it, it has an impact on you. And, and that's, you know, that's something that, you know, we always talk about trying to play through that and keep attacking. Um, but it has a tendency to kind of, um, to impact. And I think you, you, you can see that. So we just have to keep, keep at it and uh, keep helping each other and keep playing together. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, maybe this is, partly attributable to just the shots not going in, as you mentioned, but just 15 assists tonight. How did you feel about the ball movement in general? And also, do you feel like with no Don and no Mike, teams are maybe starting to catch on a little bit to how you guys are, are moving and, and operating offensively? Well, you know, I, I don't know how we'd look at it any differently if we made a couple more shots. Um, I, I I agree that one of the key things for us, whether no matter who's there, and I think particularly without Don and Mike, is for the ball really to move. Um, we've talked about that and, you know, maybe 
whether the assists reflect that or not, you know, that could be a couple made shots that bump the assists up, but um, we know that's something we really have to be committed to doing. Uh, and it's something we got to continue to do. Last question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, I think it's fair to say that the bench unit hasn't had uh, as good of a stretch recently in these last few games as they did earlier on when Mike and Donovan were first getting hurt. Uh, was that? Uh, have you seen anything different from that bench lineup recently? You know, is there anything from an execution point of view that's different, or is it just kind of outcome? You know, it, it's hard to say. Every game's a little different. Um, you know, obviously, people people begin to really prepare for you in a different way. And that has an impact, but, um, you know, I, th I think the, the, the key thing for our whole group, um, in, in this situation is to, is to defend. And if, if we can do that with that, that bench group, there's a, a few different lineups in during that time. And, um, you know, if we can, we can do those things out, you know, obviously, you're not going to have your best game every night. And, you know, these last two games we played are really competitive games with playoff implications. And, um, you know, I, I just think we're competing and that that's as much as anything, that's, that's what I want to see. And I, I think we're doing that. I think we did it the other night. Um, and even tonight with, with the ball not going in the hole, we, we, we hung in there and, it, you know, it was a, you know, a double figure game. We cut it to nine. It was right around that, you know, that, 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 that was the lead right in that area where you're, you're just keep hanging in there and a couple of shots go down and suddenly there's game pressure. We couldn't quite get to that point tonight, but um, as I said, whether, you know, to a man, um, we just need to keep competing and that that's what we've done and try to control what we can control. There's coach Quinn Snyder as the jazz lose one Oh five. Uh, to 98 to the Portland Trailblazers. Let's hear some player sound now. Start things off with Rudy Gobert. Okay, we'll start with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Rudy, Coach was talking about how Portland was making you play in the half court. What do you do to prevent that, to counter that? I mean, try to push the bar. You know, we got to get stops first. Um you know, and try to push the pace, uh, whether it is the wings or myself and whoever got the ball, you know, try to push the pace. But they did, uh, you know, you got to give them credit. I mean, they, they made everything harder for us, um, you know, and they played very physical. You know, we, we just, uh, it was harder for us to, you know, to do what we wanted to do. Despite all that, we got some, a lot of open shots, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, on another day, we probably make those shots and uh, it's a different game, you know. So uh, I like the way we kept playing defense. We kept competing throughout the, the whole game and uh, we came playing through a lot of fouls and uh, physicality. So it, it was a great game for us to to get better. Next up, Maxime Legorge, the free agent out of France. Hi, Rudy. Uh, what are the, the, the next idea to prevent from the mid-distance shot, to, to prevent the shoot from Immaculum and Damien Nidat? I mean, first of all, you got to give them credit, especially CJ. Uh, I mean, their name is name, but CJ, we know he's a very good scorer. And, uh, you know, tonight, uh, he made a lot, a lot, a lot of really tough shots. Um, 
I don't feel like he had one uncontested shot tonight. Most of them were contested. Um, you know, and he made them. Uh, contested floaters, contested mid-range, contested threes also. Uh, you know, you got to give them credit when credit is due. Uh, you know, despite all that, they still, you know, score 105 points, which is, you know, on a game when they made a lot of tough shots, it's still, I still feel like we did a good job defensively. Uh, you know, there's always things we could have done better, but, uh, you know, I think we we made their life uh, a little tough and, you know, they had to, you know, make some tough shots and that's what they did. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, obviously you guys have had a while to play without Don and Mike at this point, but teams have also now kind of had a while to see how you play without those two. Do you feel like teams are starting to kind of, you know, figure out the counters to what you guys are doing, given that you're down, you know, two all-stars at this point? Uh, definitely. You know, definitely. I mean, you, you can feel that the teams watch what other teams do, you know, and uh, and uh, they usually try to replicate it uh, their, their way. Uh, you know, that's what, you know, the NBA does. That's what every team does. And, uh, and obviously, you know, when you miss your two leading scorers, um, you know, it makes, uh, I want to say it makes it a little easier on team to, on teams to, uh, to prepare for us, you know, and that's why we, we saw how to guard with, with everybody is because we got so many weapons. Uh, and when those guys are not here, uh, you know, the defense can really focus on, on, you know, Joe Boy and Jordan and, uh, you know, and, and make our, make their life tougher, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, I think it's great for us, you know, to go through that phase right now, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and it just makes us better. And, you know, I think despite all that, we still played, uh, uh, for the most part of the game, I think we played the right way. You know, we, when the ball was moving, uh, you know, we had a lot of wide open shots. You know, I had a few things at the rim I could have finished. Um, and once again, it was a really physical game. You know, we could have been on the line a few more times, but uh, you know, that's what's going to be for. That's what's going to be during the playoffs. You know, we we're not going to expect anything. And uh, having those type of games right now, I think it's really good for us. You know, to to understand that uh, we can also raise our physicality defensively. Uh, because not a lot of things are going to get called. So it's it's on us to, you know, get into that playoff mode and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, keep keep fighting through it, keep getting better every night. All right, we have time for one last question. This will be from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Really kind of piggybacking off that a little bit without Don and Mike, have you felt a little bit more of a responsibility maybe to be a constant for the team and be a little bit more of a, a vocal leader as they've been out? I feel like I have this responsibility every night. You know, my, my role is the same, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and when, when those guys are not here, you know, I think obviously we play a different, a different type of basketball, but uh, for me, uh, I come in every single night trying to, you know, uh, be the best leader I can be for this team and, and, and anchor this team defensively and, and be a force offensively and get my teammates open, you know, and, uh, um, you know, obviously, like I said, you know, everything is always a little harder when you're missing some guys, but, uh, 
you know, every night uh, is a challenge for us. Every night is an opportunity for for us to get better. And uh, hopefully, you know, we get these guys back really soon. But, uh, you know, we, we're going to embrace every opportunity that we have, you know, and, and we have young guys that don't get a lot of minutes that, you know, uh, that are learning through these, you know, through these big games and, you know, and uh, for them, it can only be helpful. There's Rudy Gobert. He had 15 points. He had 20 boards. Rudy dominant on the on the boards last night, even though the Jazz came up just a little bit short. Let's now hear from Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, we'll get started here. We have uh, Matthew Coles with AP first up. Boyan, in the third and the fourth quarters, you only uh, the, your team only had one basket uh, in the first seven or eight minutes. What made it so difficult to score? there in the second half, especially the first of each quarter? I mean, beginning of the third quarter, I was, I was kind of looking more to get, uh, to get it to the foul line and then I couldn't get any, any call. So I did again when I, what I wanted, but I was, I was kind of out of, out of the game. I was not in a, in the right mode basically. And then I think that JC is pretty one, Pretty more the the only one that uh, that came out like offensively with the right mindset. So, all right. Next up, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Bogey usually being the number one or the number two seed is an advantage, but do you look at it that way now, considering that there's this play-in tournament? No, of course. I mean, it's gonna be. It's gonna be pretty pretty good teams in in the playing tournament. So we got a we got a secure number one spot. We got a, still left two games. We got a, we got to win both of both of them, and and then we're gonna see after that who we gonna who we gonna play. But whoever we play is gonna be it's gonna be a tough matchup. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Ogi, are you and JC kind of starting to feel the effects of being you know? going from being like the second or third or fourth options normally to now being one and two with, with Mike and Don out as many games as they have been. Are, are you finding teams like really kind of challenging guys like you and Joe more? I mean, of, of course they were, they were trying to, to double, to double JC for a, for a whole game. So, so they didn't they didn't allow him to hit any any wide open looks. They were trying to top block my, my my pin downs and, and and send me to the to the rim and weak me on a on a pick and roll. So they are every every team is trying to to prepare the game. Same like like we are we are trying to pre- prepare game against against them. So it's 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 normal that they, that they're gonna throw different looks and different defense on on on, on us right now. Next, we have Juan Baraco with Salimo out of Uruguay. Hola, Boyan. Um, three games until playoff basketball. Is it frustrating for you uh, personally like to struggle as a team, uh, especially in the fourth quarter? Or is it just one more game and you're not so worried about it? Thank you. I mean, I think that we did a pretty, pretty good job. What we, what we are looking at here, it's, it's our defense. It's hundred, hundred five points uh, against the team that has been number one offensively last, last 10, 15 games. So I think we did a, we did a good job overall, but we couldn't, we couldn't hit any, any shot. Unfortunately, like I said, JC was the, was the only one that they were, 
was getting getting buckets. So, like I said, overall, I mean, we had a we had a pretty pretty good game defensively. That's the that's the one positive thing from uh, from this game. There's Boyan Bogdanovich. He had 12 points, four rebounds in the loss last night. Let's wrap up the sound portion with Jordan Clarkson. We will start with Sarah Todd, Desert News. Jordan, while Mike and Don have been out, do you feel how important is it that Rudy has been a constant? I mean, I know how important all three of them are, but that he's been a constant there for you and that you still have one of you know the vocal leaders on this team there for you every night. Uh, it's, it's big for us, uh, especially defensively. Uh, with him back there talking, um, still making plays on the ball and rebounding, uh, that's definitely big for us. Um, but, yeah, it's, he's been a definitely big help, um, you know, contributing to, to what we're doing. Kristen Kenny Jazz TV is next. JC, number one, do you feel teams are really – getting to know you or know you so well at this point and how are they guarding you now? Um, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of double teams, um, you know, top blocking, denying. I've seen everything uh, this second half of the season. Uh, but it's good, though. I, I like the challenge. Um, it's good. I'm seeing it uh, in the regular season. Uh, so if teams try to do it in the playoffs, I'm ready for it. Starting to get a little bit more comfortable because I'm getting more reps at it. Uh, teams are doing a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, I'm continuing to get to my spots, uh, trying to make plays and, and score the ball when I'm in there. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Jordan, just wanted to kind of follow up on that. With, you know, Don and Mike having been out for as long as they have been now and, you know, you having to step up offensively and Bogey having to step up and – uh, you know, Joe having to take on more responsibility. Are you seeing teams, you know, kind of be able to throw a little more at you three defensively? And, and you know, what kind of impact did that have tonight? Um, yeah, I mean, you see a lot of teams doing different things. Like I said, they blitzing, switching, just doing all kind of things, you know, trying to get the ball out of, uh, you know, us, us three playmakers' hands and um, – you know, we're still doing a good job of making a play, getting in the paint, scoring the ball. But, um, you know, it's definitely – both of those guys have missed so much. Um, you know, you see a lot more of um, – you know, I'm <laughs> I'm not in catch-and-shoot situations anymore as much. Um, you know, I'm on the ball a lot trying to make plays and stuff, as well as Joe um, and as well as Boyan. So, um, they, those two guys um, definitely come in and – make big plays and break the defense down and, you know, do things that, um, you know, a lot of a lot of teams don't have. So, um, definitely those guys are missed. We can't wait to get them back healthy um, and ready to kick this thing off for the playoffs. So, um, you know, you'll see a really good team at that time as well. I think we're doing fine right now, um, holding the anchor down, but uh, we definitely miss those guys. There's Jordan Clarkson, 29 points for Jordan, 11 of 17 shooting, four rebounds, three assists. And you heard Jordan talk about how he's uh, handling the ball so much more. Of course, he, Joe Ingles, both handling the ball so much more with no Donovan Mitchell uh, or Michael Conley. Jazz lose to the Blazers, 105-98. Next up for the Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City coming up tomorrow night on the road. That game will tip off at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 5. There's the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines are on the way. Stay with us. 
Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Trending! Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Lillard up on the wing. Double team. Brings it back out as he does a U-turn. Goes left. Gets to the baseline. Hangs in the air. Drops it in. 13 for Lillard. And the Blazers lead by three. 54-51. Nurk fires the long pass. CJ the catch and shoot at the buzzer. Got it! What a pass by Nurkic. CJ finishes it off. And the Blazers lead by three at the break. Dame straightaway. Deep three. Yes! From Dame distance, 31 feet, 79-68 Blazers. The Dame will bring it up. Now double team, floats it to Mello on the wing, looks for Yusuf Nurkic to the free throw line. Back to Dame, cutting to the rim, banks it in right past Gobert. They're the highlights, and they're Blazer highlights as Portland beating the Utah Jazz 105-98. Lillard with 30 points to lead the Blazers. He shot the ball really poorly, P.K., in the first two games with the Jazz. But as Rudy Gobert pointed out in his postgame just a few minutes ago here on The Zone, they hit some contested shots. You heard the Dame distance, the 31-footer. Aside from the second quarter, I thought the defense got a little loose there. Obviously, at the end of the half, they shouldn't have given up that bucket. But this was a game where the offense haunted the Jazz. Too many dry spells. Yeah, I always look when Portland plays. I've said this for years now. I go right to the shooting percentages of the two guards. And both of those combined were 50%, and they scored a combined 46 points. And so anytime those two... 56, right? 56, yeah, you're right, my bad. Anytime those two do that, they're going to be difficult. And then combined with the Jazz, we're off offensively. You know, maybe if they would have made some more shots, obviously they would have had an opportunity. But they got loose with the ball. I think uh, you got some ammunition to go at lock this Friday, tomorrow if you want. I thought turnovers played an issue, uh, and uh, outside of Bogdanovich, they didn't really have anybody who was consistent offensively. It seems like these are like the dog days, and it, I mean, yep. we were supposed to have Joe on this morning, and as I was watching that game, it sort of reminded me of, man, we got to get through this week, and then we got all-star break, <laughs> and we got a week off, and then yeah. we can regroup mentally and all that, and yep. it seems like that's where this team is, kind of dragging right now unlike the suns you know they've got somewhat of a reason slash excuse with the injured guys the suns don't have that they get portland tonight uh portland obviously have to go back to back and so uh, they just seem to be dragging a little bit here and uh, get get to this break it's not the all-star break obviously but it's still the same amount of time off regroup and and come out strong in about uh, what uh, nine or ten days I think the Jazz have a really good record this year. I can add up the numbers in a break, but they got a really good record when they give up less than 110 points. But they didn't have the firepower last night. You can argue they just don't have the firepower now because, you know, Donovan and Mike Conley they might be getting defended a little, a little more uh, intelligently. You know, better scouted and all that. It looked like they were. Uh, you've been, you know, harping about Mieoni for a while, and I thought they didn't. I thought the Blazers weren't going anywhere near. Tri- Forest for a while there either, and the Jets had those two runs in the middle of the third quarter, in the middle of the fourth quarter. They had four minute stretches where they didn't score, 
They were stuck on 81 forever in yeah. the fourth quarter and yeah. 63 forever in the third quarter. And 98's just not a winning number. You know, I think they've won one or two games this year when they haven't broken 100 points. There have been a couple of low-scoring wins, but there haven't been very many. It's, you know, if you're stuck on 98, you're, you're probably in trouble in the NBA today. And 98 was with uh, some subs at the end. There was uh, there were a few garbage time buckets you're referring to there, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a, it was a sprint at the meaningless finish to get to 98. Right, right. It was. I mean, Brantley came in, hit a couple of shots. Right. Uh, so uh, Bogdanovich too was probably due for a bad game. I actually had this game penciled in as a loss. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I thought the Blazers were going to come in. They want to get. You were talking the five about this seed. yesterday. Get to the five. Yeah, yeah, you were talking about that. That was realistic. And so this is the first of a back-to-back. So you, you know, reason why you don't have energy in the first one, and Lillard gets to go to his college hometown or area anyway. So I thought that this was going to be difficult. It surprised me that they got an early lead, but at the same time, those early leads mean nothing in the NBA. So I wasn't really surprised by this one. You don't play. You don't have to play your bench in the opening minutes of the game. Maybe a little bit at the end of the quarter. And, and they've still got a couple guys on the bench. But when you get deeper on the bench, it's just not realistic. And I know, you know, like Thomas came in and hit some shots at Golden State and gave him a spark. But role guys don't tend to be good every night. They tend to be – it's what Niang said in his post game a couple games ago. He said, you know, Donovan and Mike, they, they tend to be really consistent. I tend to be up and down. Yeah, you're the ninth guy in the rotation. That's, that's what we expect. And I think Bogdanovich is a role player too. A high-level role player, but yeah. I think he's basically a role player. He's never made an all-star game as far as I can remember. Well, he and Clarkson can give him some scoring yeah. punch, but other guys have got to do something. Right. Clarkson scored last night, came off the bench. He had 29. Rudy had 15 points and 20 boards, but the Jazz have two four-minute dry stretches in the second half, and they get beat. What does that say about the Jazz? Very clever there. They, we were, you were threatening that yesterday. You followed through. Good work. Thank you. We'll get to that coming up. Uh, question of the day. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Harden out of the wing, shoots a three and knocks it down. James Harden in 25 minutes in his return to the lineup has 18 points and 10 assists to go along with seven rebounds. Love out front, long three. Good! Kevin Love. Oh my goodness, from the Vermilion Lagoons. <laughs> Still all kinds of time. 12 seconds left, Stu. Kuzma gets into it. Here he goes. Two steps and scores. Lakers lead. So the Los Angeles Lakers get past the Houston Rockets, 124-122. That was some hard work right there. That uh, play in, LeBron clearly doesn't want to be in it. They get the win. They beat a Rockets team that's 5-44 in their last 49 games. Not one of your better NBA teams right there. And they get the two-point win. Good for them. (laughs) Elsewhere in the NBA, the Nets beat the Spurs 128-116. James Harden, 18 points. Kyrie Irving sat that one out. One day they'll have their big three together, and I suspect that day will be, what do you think, a week from Saturday or Sunday in the playoffs? I was thinking maybe August. August. Good pickup game, getting a run in the offseason. Maybe for a golf outing. Mavericks beat the Pelicans, 125-107. Luka Doncic had 33. The Mavericks and the Blazers battling for that fifth seed. They're tied, but Portland's got the tiebreaker. So 
The pressure on Portland to see if they can win again tonight against the Phoenix Suns. Do the Jazz a favor. Let the Jazz just back into this thing, PK. Let the Suns just keep piling up the L's. It's starting to get a little bit of nervous time down in Phoenix because the team's not playing well, and it's the time of year where you want to be playing well. Unless for the Jazz, you know, you can point to, well, we got our starting guard line out. Phoenix doesn't have it. They do have Camp Johnson out, uh, but he's a bench guy unless they have some injuries, and then he slides into the starting lineup. So with that in mind, they have this opportunity to get themselves right, and I think it's important that they do get themselves right. Dallas Mavericks guard J.J. Redick out for at least the remainder of the regular season after aggravated right heel soreness that has plagued him for most of the season. You hear right heel soreness, do you think Achilles? Uh, not necessarily, but, you know, the feet, obviously, for an yeah. NBA player, uh, very, very important. So I don't specifically think of that, uh, but I can get where you're going. Yeah. Well, when you're running around like that, uh, any type of foot injury is a problem. So yeah, for sure. Reddick's out for at least the remainder of the regular season. They'll even open the possibility of him being back for the playoffs. Clearly, there's a chance he's missing postseason games as well. We'll have to see how that plays out. Miami Heat guard Victor Oladipo, season-ending surgery on his right quadriceps tendon. He's been out since April 8th, hurt his knee against the Lakers. No timetable for his return to play. And he's got a history with that. He ruptured it in 2019. And the Pistons gave Dwayne Casey a one-year contract extension. He had two years left on his deal, so he's now signed through 2024. Doesn't 2024 sound like it's a long way out there? Uh, it's 23, 24. It's only three years. It's yeah. not that. It just 2024 sounds futuristic. Okay. <laughs> it's not as bad as, well, we're going to schedule. Somebody in 2032? Yeah, what you have in the colleges, you know, with the football. They're starting yep. to do that. And, and some of these uh, things have been rescheduled off of last year. Right. If they owe you a game, whatever it is, whatever uh, caused the non-conference game to be canceled last year. Didn't BYU on. do that with Missouri? Uh, was it Missouri? I think? 2035. Michigan State, Michigan yeah, State in third, 2032. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that just that seems like a long <laughs> way. way out there. I was surprised, you know, because usually in the NBA, your team stinks. They just fire you. And Detroit isn't very good right now. And But yet he gets an opportunity, Dwayne Casey, to, to see it through a little bit more. Which, you know, I think is good if you think he's your guy then what do you expect him to do, man? He can't walk on water when you right. got a lousy roster. They gave they gave Blake Griffin a lot of money, and then they traded him away, so that's not really on the coach. Yeah, so I actually, uh, when I saw that yesterday, I thought, wow, that's good news, because usually the guy gets axed, Yeah, and then they just play musical chairs. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. The whole deal in Carolina, it is what it is to be, man. Uh, I told him, you know, once the season ended that I wear big boy draws, man, and, yeah. and I understand the nature of this business, yeah. and it's a performance-based business. And I could sit up here and say, okay, Christian got hurt, or we didn't have this, didn't have that, but that's not me. I look in that mirror and I say, hey, you got to tighten up. <laughs> that's Teddy Bridgewater. Look in the mirror. You got to tighten up. Well, he kind of said that Christian McCaffrey, that's who he was referencing. Yeah. And obviously, he's a star running back. I like uh, that. The juicier part was, and that's fine with Bridgewater as he moves on, that the practices, the, the practices yeah. where they didn't practice the red zone, they didn't practice two minute drill. Somewhere, Allen Iverson was saying, I got to make a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about practice. 
because he didn't seem to like practice on that now infamous rant he what had many what years ago. Practice. So I'm thinking he would have, and he was a quarterback in high school, if I remember. He, he was. was. A, a Good call. Athlete. He so, and uh, Matt Harpering, if I remember right. Was Harpering a quarterback? What? I know he was a football huh? player. Was he? I thought he was a quarterback, yeah. Oh, was he? At least I, for um, part yeah, of his time, I yeah. I got something to look up now in the break. Oh, well, I can ask him next time I see him. And I, yeah, I know they played football. He was a big kid. He played baseball, too, for that matter. Uh, he told me the story of uh, who was that coach at Georgia Tech? Kremens. Uh, they sent a guy down and told him to get off, get into his office at uh, off a of baseball practice. And so he went over there because he was a local star, and Kremens hadn't offered him. And Kremens told him, he said, okay, I'm getting heat that I'm not able to, that I haven't offered you a scholarship, so I'm going to offer you one. But I want you to know I don't expect you to be playing. And uh, so, you know, if you want to come, you can have it, but you're probably not going to play. Freaking Harping started all four years. <laughs> Let him get his nose under the tent. We t- he shared that story with me over a meal, and it was many years later, and he was still fired up. <laughs> but And Kremens became one of his allies because – Kremens, when when Matt was a free agent, Kremens told him, go to Utah because you will like playing for Jerry Sloan. Major Division I programs were in hot pursuit of Matt Harpering, the standout quarterback from Marist High School in Atlanta. Yeah, and actually, he was on a recruiting trip for football for Wisconsin, and he went and watched their basketball practice, and he said to himself, I'm good enough. (laughs) I could be, I could do this. And obviously, he made the right call. Well, the NFL schedule is out. Tom Brady, the Bucks, are going back to play the Patriots week four. It will shock you to learn that that's going to be a Sunday night game. Good. Green Bay Packers, five primetime slots on their schedule. So I guess the NFL is betting on the whole Aaron Rodgers thing's working out and Aaron Rodgers being there to uh, quarterback the team. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there, but... Uh... Packers, uh, they were they're a popular team either way. Cowboys and the Bucks open the season. That's the Thursday night matchup, and the Monday night doubleheader we've gotten used to has gone away. Ravens and Raiders, one Monday night game the opening week. ESPN and ABC. For those of you wondering which games will be broadcast in Utah, impossible to know now, but I know. Matt Coma and Tim Peterson, our sports producers at Channel 2, are going through the schedule and we're noting how often, at least early in the season, the Broncos and the Raiders and the Chiefs were all offset so that they could all be on TV. Those are three teams we saw a lot of in this market. So, Green Bay and New Orleans, week one. That matchup would have been two marquee future Hall of Famers. I wonder if we'll have one or zero this year, how that's going to play out. So we'll have the Packers saga, I'm sure, throughout the, uh, the offseason. You break down that Arizona Cardinals schedule with your uh, sister, the season ticket holder? I did not know. Uh, I don't know who they play. I'm, I'm pretty sure they play the, the Niners twice. Yes, the good call. Twice, and the nice. Rams twice. You got six of them, so good job. Speaking of the Rams, the (laughs) Bears and the Rams, the first Sunday night football game. So get an an immediate look at the Rams with Stafford after the big offseason trade. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. 
He swings it, hits a high drive to center field. Lewis going back to the track. Lewis looking up and is going a home run. Max Muncy. Maxwell swinging the silver hammer again tonight. A swing and a line drive to right field. Base hit down the line. Game winner, Ahmed Rosario. And the Indians get their second walk-off win of the year. Here's the pitch from Ramirez. Swung on and drilled deep to center field. Back goes Grisham. He won't get it. It bounces up against the barrier. Blackman scores. Fuentes delivers. And the Rockies win in a walk-off 3-2. Rockies split a doubleheader with the Padres, uh, 3-2 in eight innings. Uh, They're playing a doubleheader, so it was seven innings as the Padres won the first one, 5-3. Plenty of extra inning stuff. You heard uh, Cleveland in extra innings there, 2-1 over the Cubbies. PK, we're talking about the Jazz and all their injuries. How much of a pass do you want to give the Dodgers to their struggles with injuries? They won yesterday, but there was plenty of injury news. May had his Tommy John surgery knew was coming. Now Rios is out. But yeah, Dodgers Rios still is a reserve. Gonna, he is, and uh, Dustin May was at best their fourth starter. Uh, he's a young kid; he could have he'll probably move up as Kershaw ages out of the rotation. So, no, I don't really give the Dodgers a pass. Yankees four games over five hundred. Garrett Cole struck out twelve, and the Yankees beat the Rays one to nothing. He's a star, and he delivered like one. The Astros, five home runs. They beat the Angels 9-1. to They were at home. I assume there were no trash can lids uh, involved in all those home runs. <laughs> Thank you. Anything else you want to hit for Major League Baseball? MLB? Yeah, I want to run through everything, man. The Yankees, seven members of their coaching staff and support staff testing positive. Six asymptomatic. Well, the Yankees, got, the Yankees got so much money, they went out and hired four new assistant coaches that were top-flight assistant coaches. That's how they are. They just <laughs> buy them. <laughs> no, I think the Padres got more of the issues there with a yeah. whole bunch of guys that are going to be out for a bit. Bees open a six-game series against Tacoma tonight at Smith's Ballpark. You can get your tickets at slbs.com or listen to the game here on the Zone Sports Network. That's what's trending, brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801 295 That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, the question of the day. What does that loss say about the Jazz? We will get to that. Craig Bowlerjack will join us at 830. Joe Ingles at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. For KSLSports.com, he's our good friend Ben Anderson. Who's the team to beat in the West? Jazz. Honestly, I don't think it's all that argumentative at this point. I mean, you just seen the Clippers being consistent. I worry with Phoenix that they're going to run out of gas by the time they get to the playoffs. Plus, they're probably looking at a Lakers first-round matchup, and I think that's really tough. I'm curious how easy the Lakers' path is. Even if they beat Phoenix, they probably have to face the Clippers in the second round. It's just really tough, and so at some point you have to say, what's the probability of just getting to the conference finals? And if the Jazz get to play the Warriors in the first round... And either the Nuggets or the Mavericks in the second round, you probably like the Jazz odds, and then that makes them the favorite. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
Hot takes or toast. Brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. At Jerry Seiner Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. <laughs> Question of the day. <laughs> what does it say about the Jazz having lost two in a row? The postgame question you will never hear in a walk-off interview. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Take it to the bank. Go out to Wendover. See if you can find that on the board down in Mesquite. Not happening. Doesn't happen on national broadcast because they always talk to a player off the winning team. They let the loser team go off to the locker room and, you know, throw socks or something. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Get mad. And then on the local broadcast... What does it say is reserved for victories? It usually. Only, what, is it, what does it say about the Houston Rockets? If you lost 44, you lost 49 games. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see Fertitta's really, really, he's never been happier. He's never been more encouraged with the way things are going. Really loves his GM and his coach. <laughs> Threw that out. As they lost for the 44th time in 49 games. But that's not the question. But PK yeah. could not help but put that on the question. That was funny. When I saw it, I giggled. I couldn't help it. I only did it for you. Thank you. I appreciate you for it. Actually, our, our listeners got into it, too. What does it say about the Jazz having lost two in a row? And Justin says, says they're missing two starting guards. Wes says they need Mitchell and Conley back. Thomas, they need uh, Mitchell and Conley. But our opponents have had more to play for as well. That's an interesting thought. Do the Blazers have more to play for getting to five than the Jazz have to play for getting to one? To an extent, I can agree with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily have any problem with that. That line of thinking, the more desperate team, the more sense of urgency is going to. Uh, but what are you saying as far as that goes? I mean, I get the point, but are you saying when you acknowledge that that the other team is going to play harder? See, that's where I have a little bit of a problem then because you should be giving as much as you can give. And so if you say, well, clearly the last two games, which is one of the ones they lost, obviously, that the Warriors and the Blazers have more to play for than the Jazz. But once you introduce that concept, then you're acknowledging and admitting that your team or the other team is not playing as hard as they can, and that's a little bothersome. Now, as hard as you can, that varies. When they come out, when Jazz come out in game one uh, next Saturday or Sunday, there's no reason why they're not playing extremely hard because they would have had an entire week off, Mm -hmm. so they should be fully rested. And In the NBA, when these games are coming at you, uh, you may not have 100% to give, like Portland. If Portland just were gassed for some reason, uh, after last night versus tonight. So their 100% could be lower tonight than their 100% was last night. And I understand that. So I could live with that. But if you're saying that the Jazz didn't play as hard as they are capable of playing, knowing that that capability is fluid from night to night, depending on injury, sickness, fatigue, whatever it might be, whatever the reasons are, back-to-back, yada, yada, so I do have a little bit of a problem with that. But I do agree that the other two teams had much more at stake than the Jazz had and have. I didn't think playing hard was the problem in that game. <clears throat> that isn't something I would have gone to first, second, even third or fourth on the list. 
I think that if you don't play hard against Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, they'll give you 40 or 50, especially when they're feeling it. Oh, you mean individually? I mean individually, yeah. Damian Lillard's Collins going for 50. Okay, so I overstated it there. And and I can't allow that. Damian Lillard's going for 40. And I thought that they hit – Rudy said in the postgame, and I had to edit post last night, and and Rudy says, you know, they hit tough shots. And so you need the pictures, ideally – to match the words. I'm thinking, how quickly, because of the 7.30 game, I didn't have much time to add. I said, how quickly am I going to find them hitting tough shots? I thought, I'm going to the second quarter because that's where the Blazers scored the most points. Well, Carmelo baskets. some, too. And the first three shots I went to, I thought the defense was pretty good on all of them, and I put them on the air. I thought the defense was right there. Now, I think where you – I don't think it's a playing hard issue. You know, if you want to go to one basket that everybody I wasn't remember, saying that they didn't play hard. Right. Right before halftime, it's like they shut off mentally. They did. They got a bucket with a yeah. second left. So I view that more as it wasn't a physical effort and you weren't trying. It was a mental focus. And you're like, yes, we got that last second hoop we needed to make it, was, it a one-point game. And you let down. You let down. for You turn off for one second. They throw a 60-foot pass, and they get a bucket. Yeah, McCollum took off. He went deep. He did not shut off. No. He's like, we got one option. I got to go deep. Yeah, that was great. It was a great pass, and obviously, yeah. once he got the shot, you think, oh, uh, it's going in. Yeah. He's a good shooter, yeah. and he got squared up, and it was just a basic yeah. 15-footer, sure enough. And it gave him a little bit of a boost. That's one little play. I understand all that. So, I, I, I wouldn't go crazy on this because I do think, you know, Portland, when those two guys are on, they're tough. That's what we were talking about Dan Shelton yesterday, that I was saying that Portland's a good team, and they're a scary team, and they can win any series – that they play. They're, they're not going to win three to get to the NBA Finals, but any first, second round, I'm not shocked right. if they win. But they're not putting together four in a row and winning at no, all. No, I wouldn't think so. Right. Because any given time, when you have two stars like that, and then Carmelo pitched in, and the other guys did yeah. okay, but it was mainly those three, and then you on the other side, you're shorthanded, and you're not hitting. I mean, Trent Forrest, one, from not, one for nine. Yeah. They, there's no need to get lost in the forest. Bada-bing. See what I did there? Yeah. Can you see the forest for want? the trees? Yak is now stacking cliches on top of cliches. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for the kid because it's like – and, you know, you want to tell him, well, you ought to go at the hoop. Well, he went at the hoop, and he missed a layup, and he missed a tip. Okay, he still, I mean, he he still missed a hoop. Could well, not he's buy doing a what bucket. He's told. They're told oh, absolutely. To shoot that three. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, he did go to the hoop, too. It's not that he didn't. You know, it just didn't work out. No. Guys, guys don't want to. Jerry Sloan said a long time ago, he's like, man, the worst player with the worst attitude in the whole league, that guy wants to make shots. And they may not want to rotate on defense or rebound or run the floor, but they want to make shots. Yeah, so you had your top-end role player, Bogdanovich, not shooting well, and then you had your bottom-end role player, Trent Forrest, not shooting well, and among others. And so you had Portland shooting well. And Portland, you could tell Portland was amped up for that game because they do have an opportunity to get fifth. And that's the play-in has nothing to do with that. They would want to be in the fifth spot. Avoid no the Clippers, what. get the Nuggets. Play the Nuggets. There's no question. That's yeah. a major advantage. Yeah. And so they, I expect uh, Portland to give Phoenix a tough game tonight, even though they did play back-to-back. Well, they have enough to finish it. The end is in sight for yeah. them, and they know they can get uh, a few days off because it's not just the one and two seeds 
who get the time off. Top six. Yeah, and the one and two seeds don't know who they play, and I don't want to hear how that's a major disadvantage. I mean, come on. We've, we've built this play-in to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you know what's crazy? <laughs> is that You can't help but go the other way. <laughs> Betty White was born before sliced bread. Betty White's 99. Right. So we, was, haven't had a, we haven't had sliced bread for 100 years. Was Clint Eastwood born before sliced bread? Clint Eastwood sliced the bread with his teeth, so he didn't need it to be sliced. Clint's 90. He ripped it. So, in fact, he ordered loaves full just so he could tear it <laughs> apart because that made his day. Oh, nice. That was good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so. Oh. Alice, everyone start doing Eastwood lines. Let's go. Let's just get completely distracted. Oh, shut up and get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, Paul. <laughs> so I don't want to hear that this is a big disadvantage because the playing people played. If you finish one – the one seed, the, the, actually for the Lakers, man, because it starts Tuesday, right? I don't know that they play Tuesday. I don't. They haven't made it clear if the East or the West is starting right, Tuesday, and right. they maybe. They'll, I think they'll. I think they're going to be offset by a day. You would think. And so I think they're waiting to see if they get the Lakers and the Warriors. If I were them, I try to play that on a day there's only one game, so it could start earlier, so people on the East Coast are more likely to watch. Well. So, if you're a fan, you'd watch either way, but uh, I get it if you're starting if you're, at 10, if it, 30, 11 o'clock yeah, back east. It's right. harder. It's hard. Uh, to, you could yeah. stay up for the start, but you, you know, depending yeah. you got to, if you've got to be at work at 6 in the morning, you're not going to watch yeah. an NBA game until Or if you've got to be the track. Yeah. The track. I spent a lot of my time at the track growing up. Two, two different uh, states. So uh, that actually could be a big advantage for the Lakers. I, I just don't know that the Lakers are desperately trying to avoid that because go ahead, win a game, and then you get two teams that have really not proven a lot, either one of them, the Suns or the Jazz, and plus you get three, four days off. <laughs> so <laughs> all you got to do is win that game, and the Lakers all of a sudden they are going to look pretty, which I stated the other day. If the Lakers go to the finals – uh, so much for oh that was really so, devaluing the, the regular, the regular season. season was so dramatic and yeah. blah 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 blah. No, okay, we just, thought it was just get in, but yeah, that's all that matters. And then get your guys back. You schlubs so uh, can play these games, uh, and then we'll take over and we'll see if that happens. But from the Jazz perspective, uh, you know, I still think if they win these next two games, they'll get the number one seed, and then they can rest and. And then have to see about the status of the other two. Because if the status of the other two are in doubt, both of them, it's going to be difficult. I think if one can come back, particularly if Mitchell can come back, because I think they've been very much used to playing without Conley. And no knock against him. He's a nice player and you want him on there. But if I had to choose between the two, Conley himself would probably say uh, Mitchell is more important. He's more dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you're going to... You're going to hear in the background now they're getting ready to start the golf tournament, so it'll get a little loud. That's all right, man. That just shows we're on the scene. There we are. We're at Cedar Hills Golf Club. Sitting in some uh, hermetically sealed studio. No, we're out and about. We're with the people, man. And the people are getting ready to golf to benefit the Dyslexia Center. It's a beautiful day out here. I've golfed Cedar Hills many times. The first hole, I'm sure, Yak, you probably have done it. 
the first hole. One of the craziest starting holes in uh, all the it's state. It's a drop of about 5,000 feet. It's just like straight <laughs> okay. downhill. That may be a little <laughs> excessive, but it's a good couple hundred, I would guess. Oh, easy yeah. couple hundred. If not, I mean, it it could be snowing on the first tee and yep. be 80 degrees in the fairway. It's, it's a good point, but you, you tee <laughs> off and you hit that ball and it just seems to hang in the air forever because it has to drop so far. Yes. Uh, yeah, I have a funny story that I could share. Uh, at uh, Cedar Hills once. It's sort of racy. Is it about the first hole? No. Oh. We love racy no. stories, so go ahead. Should I do it? Why not? We only got two minutes left in the segment. Is it a long story or does that fit? Uh, I can make it. All right. So uh, I was playing with another couple, and the other, my wife was with us, and the couple were friends of ours and our friends, and the uh, woman that's probably around hole uh, six, seven. And she dropped just an unbelievable putt with, like, multiple breaks. And it was incredible. At least 40, 50 feet uphill, blah, blah, blah. So the thing goes in. So she does a Brandy Chastain, mm-hmm. whips off the shirt, has the sports bra underneath, and is running around the green waving the shirt. Well, and we're laughing. Yeah. Adjacent the green, going in the opposite direction, going east to west, because we're going west to east, there is the uh, tee box from, like, the third or fourth hole. Mm-hmm. And on that tee box were, like, three 12-year-old boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> now, this is Utah County, mind you. Right? <laughs> this is my home turf, gentlemen. A lot of thoughts, but I don't know how many uh, – opportunities they've had to see that and they were with a a dad who of course was probably an ecclesiastical leader (laughs) because it was in the middle afternoon so that meant he was an entrepreneur uh if he had any connection to byu football then you know darn well he was an ecclesiastical leader Uh, they seem to well alpine and highland (laughs) i mean that's that's where ex-byu football players go to live (laughs) yes so their eyes got really uh wide and that made it even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> All off the 50-foot double-breaking putt. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. It was an unbelievable putt. Yeah, one of those you hit. Best it. putt of her life, and she's not going to make another one of those for a while. Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just an incredible roll, and I was shocked. I could have had 100 balls, and I probably don't. Don't put one in. No, I mean, it was un- it was just one of those shots you just hit, and. Somehow it goes in, and it's way out there. So she did that, and we all had a good chuckle. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Joe Ingles coming up later this morning. He'll be here about 9 o'clock at 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Insider analyst for ESPN, good friend of ours, Jordan Schultz. If you're the Utah Jazz, who would you rather play in the first round if you had to choose between the Lakers or the Warriors? Listen, the Lakers have not been very good in you know, the second half. And the problem with the Lakers has been they don't really have a lot of offensive creativity. And the fact that they have their two best players dealing with injuries. So I'd probably rather play a gimpy Lakers team than the Warriors who have caught fire and beat two of the best teams in the league consecutive games you know i just don't want to deal with steph and draymond and that team maybe it's just me but to me playing the defending champs who really have struggled is a much more appetizing first round matchup hanson scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network 
The Davis Vision Spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Well, PK, we are waiting breaking news. The Pac-12, our lips are sealed. Not a word. But they're supposed to announce the commissioner later today. Pete Dammel's now reporting it will not be Oliver Luck. So there's one guy you can cross off the list. All right, Ollie. I'm going to miss you. The father of Andrew Luck. Okay. You got anybody you want for this job? No. Do you care? Is it more up to the schools than the commissioner? Yes, I, I definitely care, but I view it sort of like coaching. You know, you don't really know. So is there an obvious someone who just jumps out at you and this person is going to make all the difference in the world? No. When I look at the Pac-12, I look at things that there's stuff that they can do to make themselves more viable. And there's other things that they're never going to be able to change the fact that TV is starting a lot of their games at 7.30, 8.30 at night. And we know we just spoke about the uh, Warriors and the Lakers, if they should play in the playoffs, how it would be more attractive for the folks on the East Coast to have the game, you know, maybe 5 o'clock California time because that would be 8 o'clock back then, back there. And so with these TV contracts, you know, what can you do to change that? So it's always going to be an issue. And there's other issues out there that I don't know that the commissioner can change because the Pac-12 does simply not go in at all costs to do it, fund its football programs. And is that going to change? Now, with that being said, you can uh, have better uh, – Stuff for television, you know, the Pac-12 distribution and how much money they were going to get has not even come close to what the expectation was. And I think Pac-12 football, the studio shows and all, it's a pretty good brand that they put out. Now, I freaking bought Comcast just so I could have it. I wanted it to be able to have it so I could watch it. So I do watch it. So I got two sets. I'm paying way too much. Uh but nevertheless, that's yeah. what it is. So find a way to do that. Don't have uh, somebody sitting at home overturning a call at the Replay <laughs> Central. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I do. It's a bunch of stuff. What up, Woody Dixon? The yeah. optics and you know paying uh, $9 million for rent just so you could look good in the most expensive real estate area that we have on the West Coast, the financial district of San Francisco. We understand all that. You know, have the darn thing in Modesto. Who cares? Uh, You know, you're so caught up in image when you literally can't afford that stuff. And you're flying private jet. You're staying in a $900 place in Las Vegas. All this stuff that just adds up and makes it look bad. But at the same time, you take care of that. How is that going to change your football? How is that going to change getting teams into the playoff and all that stuff? Yeah, there's some things I think they need to do in the next TV contract that prioritize like one or two games. You know, they need, they need one game in like a, a five or six o'clock prime time. They need one game on at 1.30. You're still going to have the night games. They still, ESPN and Fox still need those 8.30 kicks. You're the only Power 5 conference that can play in that time slot. But... You don't have to bury your marquee teams and your marquee games there. 
You know, the best teams. The, if USC or Oregon are on the road playing a good team with a chance to get beat at ASU or Utah or wherever, Washington, wherever, whoever's good in any given year, you know, that game needs to be available so people can see it. That's going to be a good game. I agree. I propose something that if you have teams, once you get in past Halloween, mm-hmm. if you have two teams that are ranked in the top 15, that they get that slot and they're not kicking off at yeah. 11.30 East Coast time yeah. or 10.30 East the Coast time. The teams that are on their way to 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and 8-4, whatever, they can play those late games. That's what I'm talking about. It's the yeah. only game on, and people love college football, and it's, it's you know, if one 7-5 and five team is playing another, that's good enough. You got a football game on, and the hardcore can yeah. watch it. I mean, the season would be over at 7-5. and five, but Okay, uh, but they're on their way to it, yeah. you know. And the two 5-4 and four teams are playing each other. Well, the five and four teams are going to have to play, but the eight and one and the nine and zero team, one of them needs to play at nine thir- or one thirty in the afternoon, and one of them needs to play in that five. ABC puts it at six. You know that's good enough. Our time. You, yeah. You talk to people at USC, and they're like, "Yeah, we if we play at noon, people don't show up in LA, you know. But if we play at eight thirty at night, they don't really show up. It's this sweet spot, you know. If the team's really good and you're playing at five or six, they will pack the Coliseum." If not, you're gonna have fifty-five thousand people rattling around in there, you know. So, I think there are things that they can do. Yes, but they're still gonna live in a time zone that you know has less than a quarter of the people who live in the U.S. You know that you're not living in the Eastern Time Zone with forty percent of the people. There's just more eyeballs on those leagues. There's more recruits. Well, with to the be border had. issues that we're having, that may change. No, I don't think it's going to. <laughs> Had a laugh. It did. <laughs> California with the, all the border issues. California lost two hundred thousand people. So yeah, on record, <laughs> no, not happening. Oh, you don't think it was a good census? I'm, I'm sure it was an official census. <laughs> it was official, but it might have been inaccurate. <laughs> all right, DJ and PK. So later today, we're expecting word to break. The Pac-12 has done a good job of keeping it secret. We'll find out who the commissioner is, what their priorities are going to be, and what they vow to do right out of the gate. That's coming up later today. But it won't be Oliver Luck, father of Andrew Luck, who's got some corporate sports experience. All right, DJ and PK, we are broadcasting live. We are in Utah County, Cedar Hills. The uh, Dyslexia Center of Utah, the charity golf tournament is underway. And Scott joins us from Elite Works to tell us all about the big day. You got people love people love the money and they love the numbers. Do you have like a target you think this is probably going to be our number today? Yeah. Oh, uh, it, it's actually better than we thought. This is the most golfers we've had. We've, we've sold it out. And um, we're out there. Uh, the Jazz were great sponsors. You guys were great sponsors, bringing all kinds of free stuff. We've sold more raffle tickets than we have ever before. And we think that we can now maybe do about 50 or 60 scholarships uh, for kids learning how to read that can't afford it. That's excellent. So you were telling us, uh, for people to just join us, that you got personal experience with this, yeah. and it's one of the reasons you throw yourself into this because you know the stress the parents are going yeah. through and you know the trauma it causes for the kids. Yeah. Uh, there's no question. How, how embarrassed are you as a child if, as you look around, everybody else gets it, mm-hmm. right? You're in class and you're in a, a first grade, sixth grade, 10th grade, whatever it is, and you look around and all the other kids, it's clicked. And for you, it never clicked. And you need to learn how to read. That basic skill is something you have to have for the rest of your life. And, and, and Dyslexia Center absolutely helps with that. They have tutors, six locations across the Wasatch Front. 
Uh, it's affordable um, as compared to other stuff that's out there. Um, you know, you should definitely, if you are struggling with this, your child, look us up on the website, call them up, talk to them. But it's amazing. It's, the need is out there beyond what you can imagine. We're, we're not into cells, and our, our um, uh, tutors are almost maxed out. I mean, there's that many people uh, that need this help. Do they have an opportunity at the Dyslexia Center to identify too? Yes, yes. So what they'll do is if you do struggle with this, you'll come in for uh, an evaluation, and they'll spend a, a couple hours with you and your child, mostly obviously your child, talking about things, doing a little bit of testing, and, and, and really trying to figure out what they could do to help you. I have bad vision, and my parents didn't catch on to it early ah. until uh, we were at a football game, and my dad saw me squinting to see the scoreboard at the other end of the stadium. Yeah. So I think with parents, they kind of beat themselves up in this situation, but it's hard to know what your kid's eyes are seeing. Oh. And you probably yep. felt that as a parent yourself. Yeah, it's a great uh, analogy there because as for us – And your teachers, everybody wants a kid to succeed. Nobody is looking at a kid that they want to fail. And sometimes we paint a rosier picture than what it really is for a kid. And I think for, if you're listening out there, just be objective. You know, learn what your kid is good or or not good at. And if they struggle in this area, get them some help. You know, if you're a basketball player and you want to go play D1, you're going to go get lessons from you know, some really great places. Well, your kid to succeed in life needs to learn to read. If they struggle with that, call the Dyslexia Center up. All right. Well, thanks for doing this golf tournament today. You're going to help out a lot of people, and thanks for having us down here. Yeah, thank you, guys. Scott from Elite Works here. Dyslexia Center, Utah, the charity golf tournament at the Cedar Hills Golf Club. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This segment is brought to you by SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now, where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. Question of the day What does it say about the Jazz having lost two games in a row? Brian says nothing. We were up by 12. It looked like we didn't care. I don't think anyone gave a serious effort. Ah, see, now he disagrees. You didn't think it was an effort issue. <clears throat> I do not think it was an effort wait, issue. Wait a second, wait a second, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me make sure I'm smiling. Go ahead. Time for photos. <laughs> Big cheese ball smiles. <laughs> oh, we just gave a serious effort on that photo. Good work, photo. Good work over there, PK. It's a good thing I bathed last weekend. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, Brian doesn't think they gave a serious effort. I thought they gave a serious effort. I thought they couldn't Seriously make shots. Seriously crappy effort. Couldn't make shots. Got to make shots. If you don't make shots, what happens, PK? You don't score points. Forrest, Oney, and Thomas were a combined two for 13. Most of that was Forrest going one for nine. Ooh. But the other guys were a combined one for nine. What four. do you think his confidence level was on that ninth shot? <clears throat> Not very good. <laughs> I'm shooting this because Coach said I have to, but I really hope he goes in. You think, I, I feel bad for a kid like that who's trying to make his mark in the league. Yeah. And this is his opportunity. Uh-huh. And he knows full well. He probably doesn't know that he's one for eight, but he knows he's not shooting the ball well. Right. He may not know literally how many shots he's missed in the moment. 
But he knows he but, only made one of them. Yeah. And, and But you're open. They're throwing you the ball. I mean, you got to admire their teammates for <coughs> Portland's throwing them the not ball. Ro- Portland's not rotating. I mean, it was shades of Ricky Rubio. Ooh, their the nightmares return just then. The defender is dropping off into the lane. He's making it hard for Bogey to drive or Joe to drive or whatever. And If you get a lion tattoo, should it be a requirement that you can be a good shooter? Yes. Because you got the lion tattoo, and you're ferocious, the guys but in the you t- can't shoot. guys in the tattoo parlor are like, nah. <laughs> I just looked you up at basketballreference.com. We're not doing the lion, dude. But yet he has yeah. one. Somebody didn't have basketballreference.com bookmarked. What animal would you get <clears throat> drawn on your body? Lion. Lion? <laughs> dolphin. I a know. dolphin. That'd be nice. Well, I, I was thinking more sea life. You know, the be- I love the beach. Who doesn't? Well, there are people who don't love the beach. But but everybody loves dolphins. You'd like to think. And that you can see them a lot. Uh, in the South Bay, where I spend a lot of time in the L.A. area, you see the dolphins doing, you know, probably go in the winter when there'd be nobody out there, and you could see the dolphins that looked like they were body surfing. Cool. Because it would... There's a famous photo. You ever seen the uh, seven dolphins surfing? Yeah. The seven dolphins in the wave? I have it. I do too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I saw it somewhere, and I bought it. Just a little picture. Yeah. Uh, So dolphins would be good. I mean, but that's more along your, your, your speed. I can see that. Top speed? Well, no, you're not going to get somebody that... Something that's going to be aggressive towards another a, r- a coiled uh, rattlesnake. No, no, you're everybody's buddy. You know, you're. What would you get? <clears throat> What's a bitter, sarcastic animal? A porcupine? What are you thinking? A wolverine? What would I get? A raccoon? A raccoon? No. What are you thinking, PK? An aardvark? Uh maybe a chihuahua. <laughs> a chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. we got so many dogs in the neighborhood, and they all bark and set each other off. And you know they're having right a con- I know they're having a conversation. Right now you do? Oh, yeah, right now. Oh, wow. And one of them, there's a little tiny dog across the street, and he's the loudest one. And it, there's three other dogs. But is dogs. he a yapper? Total. I hate Total yapper. yapper. And they're gone all day, and the dog's outdoors, and if anything moves on the street, the dog, the dog starts yapping. They're gone all day, meaning the humans. Yeah, they're working or whatever, so. And they leave the dog outside? Uh-huh. Have you thought about calling animal control? <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I have. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's just flat-out rude. Take the dog away. The dog is annoying the entire neighborhood. Yeah. One of the neighbors was apologizing for their dog, and I said, you know, your dog gets set off by that dog. And he goes, I know. <laughs> oh, so you got, like, stereo dogs? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. One to the north, one to the south, one to the east, one to the west. Surround it. Wow. Yeah. That bites. It's the way of the world. I don't know what to tell you. Well, uh, I would hate that, man. We have a dog. He barks. I go get him, bring him inside. Then people yeah, the, the, the neighbors on the, uh, what is that, no, south side? Nobody that's what wants they do. to hear your dog bark. <clears throat> that's what they do. The neighbors on the south side, they tell the dog to shut up, and if the dog keeps going, then they pull him inside. Yeah. Yeah. My sister had a chihuahua when I was a kid, when I was in high school, named George. She's just the meanest little sucker you ever Really? Had. Oh, my goodness. I think this dog is bored. I think it's probably a really smart dog. Uh, it notices everything. Chihuahuas so. are nasty. They, they really? hate life. Really? Yeah, yes. Yeah, she had two dogs. She had a German Shepherd Blue. Uh-huh. 
who was our ten neighbors, times the size of George. Our neighbors had a German Shepherd when I was a kid. Growing and he was up. fine. It was a great dog. Yeah. I thought it was a great dog. Yeah, and but George was. It, I mean, you can fit him in the palm of your hand practically. Oh, really? Just should the dog weigh like at least twenty pounds? If you got near him, he'd growl. Uh huh. And just he would not want you to pet him. Do the smaller dogs have to be meaner and nastier because they're smaller dogs and it's harder to defend themselves? Uh, so no, they got to have no. attitude right from the no, get-go? No, no, I don't think so. Oh, I really? think they, some of them realize they're small, <clears throat> and but it doesn't affect their demeanor. Mm. But chihuahuas in general, I, mean, I really identify with the personality of a chihuahua. You just don't bother me. Get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. And she went out of town once, and so I had to – she had this barracuda as a car. It was so cool. And she said, if you take care of my dogs for the week I'm gone, I'll let you drive my Barracuda. I said, oh, sweet, man. <laughs> the chicks of Northwest Phoenix are going to see me in that Barracuda. <laughs> it is going to be one productive week, let me tell you. So, <laughs> Even Johnny looked up at that like, really? True really? story, man. True story. Really? So I had this one Barracuda with the stereo. <laughs> Yes, life was good that week, and but I would have to. She didn't want the dogs to stay in her bedroom, so I had to put them in a certain room when I would leave to go out because I stayed at her house. Right. Well, the dog would get in the room and he'd go under the bed, and he wouldn't have to bend or anything. He'd just walk under the bed. Well, I could never get him. I'd reach in there, and he just rah, 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 rah. so I got my friends. And I hid in the bathroom. They rang the doorbell outside, and then the chihuahua would go screaming <laughs> towards the, the God door. smart of the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and then funny. I'd shut the doors behind me, uh, the bedroom door, and then I would be covered. Yeah, and we had to do that the whole week. And that was the one, the one time I saw two friends, and they were with me, and we were in that Barracuda. I was driving. I must have put 2,000 miles in one week on that Barracuda. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> cruising central was a thing back then <laughs> for all you people who have any uh, experience in the Phoenix area. Want to go to Tucson? <laughs> Flagstaff? I got the Barracuda. Yeah. <laughs> Cru- cruise central, just go up and down and tell you stories about cruising central. And uh, that was my two friends. I'm driving. One's in the passenger, the other in the back. And I'm instigating an argument between them. And I said, can you believe he's saying that? Can you believe he's saying that? Blah, 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 blah. They start going at it. And the one friend, that's when he dropped. He got so flustered that one guy said something. And my other friend, that's when he uttered the infamous line, that makes a hell of a sense. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just raising your arms. Victory. No, I had two hands on the wheel. <clears throat> at a red light. Oh, because I had. You instigated uh, a fight that ended up with someone saying something really stupid. <laughs> It's a good day. I can't remember. And you were in the Barracuda? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I was specifically in the Barracuda, yes. That's a great day, then. And it was a cool car. I loved it. And I can't remember. It was before or after that uh, I had taken, I had a weekend. My parents and my sister and her husband went to Vegas. My sister had just bought a new Vega, and, and she said, now, don't take the Vega to the lake, to the river, the Salt River you could tube. And I took it and yep. crashed it. And I think that was after that I had the Barracuda. So I made sure that I didn't want to total two. I only have two sisters. I didn't, I didn't want to tail, total both of their cars. Good call. 
Yeah. And here we go with Barracuda. Burn, 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 burn it to the wick! Ooh, Barracuda. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> now you, you can go back to the jazz. I don't think the jazz can follow the Barracuda. They even make Barracudas anymore? I don't think so. No. Super cool. Awesome. <laughs> I think we can sum up the Jazz with this. If the Jazz offered any team in the league, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, and, and there's no financial ramifications, right? Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley for Mieoni, Trent Forrest, and Matt Thomas, every team would make the trade. That's essentially the trade the Jazz have just made. Those three guys complained to combined to play 39 minutes. Now, some of the other minutes, another you know, 20 or 30 minutes that these guys would have played has been spread out. You know, Niang's playing more minutes. Sure. You know, maybe Joe's picked up a few or whatever. So those are kind of spread out. But that's the kind of talent gap that exists. And I think in the short – we've always heard in the short run you can make up without the star players. But you start getting into the long run, and you well, see four, six, eight games of video. It's 14 games now. Right. And so you've got this video built up, and you've got pretty good teams in the Blazers and the, War- and the Warriors. We're not picking them to win the title. We're not picking them to go to the finals. But they're still pretty good teams. And, On given nights. Right. They're highly motivated. They've got something to play for, right? I mean, the Warriors don't want to be in the nine thing where you've got to win twice to get into the playoffs. That's they, much different. Right. So they need to stay at eight. The Blazers – probably don't want to be at seven and definitely do want to be at five because their odds of getting the Nuggets, I suppose the Nuggets and Clippers could flip-flop places, but the odds are the Nuggets will be four. So these teams are pretty good. They have something to play for, and now they've got film. Hey, this guy's shot's a little funky. Let's let him beat us. If it goes in, it goes in, but we're not getting beat. You know, let's put an extra defender in the paint and make it harder for uh, Ingles and, and, and Bogey and Clarkson to get to the hole. Yeah, it's obvious. Okay, how about this? Would you trade Conley and Mitchell for Lillard and McCollum? No. Mitchell's the youngest guy. You absolutely wouldn't trade him. So you're just going on And Mitchell Mitchell could end up with a Damian Lillard-like career. Now, Lillard's probably drooling, thinking, I've never gotten to play with Rudy Gobert behind me blocking shots. You know? Canter? It's a little, right? It's a little apples and oranges there. About that. <laughs> He's played with Enos. It's, but I think there's a lot of comparisons between the two teams. Now, maybe the Jazz are about to do something Portland hasn't done. But Portland's a team that gets to the playoffs, maybe wins a series. And once they did win two, didn't yeah. they go to a conference yeah. final yeah. and then got worked by the Warriors, right? Yes. So, and maybe the Jazz are about to get to a conference final with this group. But if I told you any team in the NBA – and I told you their guards are basically six foot six two. You'd raise an eyebrow. You're like, you're a little undersized. That's going to be a problem. And the Jazz have a smaller guard line, and Portland's got a smaller guard line. So you think Conley and Mitchell are better than McCollum and Lillard? I told you the younger guy. You're not giving up the younger. No, guy. no I'm, I, that's not what I'm asking. I'm saying, do you think they're better? I think it's about the same. I mean, I think there's a lot of similarities there. Conley plays a little different, and he probably shoots. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to visualize McCollum. You don't think McCollum's better than Conley and Lillard's better than Mitchell? 
Lillard's better than Lillard right now has had a better career than Mitchell. Do I think when it's all said and done, Lillard will have had a better career? Right now, Lillard's had a better career. I mean, Lillard's done stuff. Well, that's just based on age. Right. But I also know what Lillard's career is at this point. I mean, Donovan doesn't have two signature shots that Lillard has. Lillard has won two series. It's, it's the postseason. It's all on the line. The ball is in your hands. You need to hit this shot and knock that team out. So if they were the He's same age, twice. you wouldn't make that trade? <sighs> if they were the same age. If yeah. I was getting Lillard younger, then I might make that trade. But when Lillard was younger, I didn't see it. Why not? He was the sixth pick of the draft. I know he was the sixth pick of the draft. He came in right off the bat. Yeah. How much young were you? Uh, but I don't think, I, don't think I expected. About? No, but I, don't ex- I didn't think watching him at Weber State, I didn't think he was going to be the guy winning playoff series and waving goodbye. And neither did you think Mitchell. That's true, but I wasn't watching Louisville. I mean, okay, Weber State was right here. The people who did didn't think it. That's true. <laughs> no. I'd have to go back and look at the relative strength of the drafts, too, if either one was in an extra, extra strong or extra weak draft. Mm. You take Lillard over Mitchell? Dismissing the whole age right thing. Right now, yeah. Because you, you don't trade old talent for young talent. I understand what you're saying. Since the Norm Nixon, Byron Scott, and the Lakers. Although you would be doing that, that would sort of be uh, flushed out with uh, McCollum's younger than Conley. Yeah. So. Not as much younger, but you would pick up some years there. Yeah. Uh, and you definitely value those years. If if it's today, I make the trade. And I'm not worried about anything else. I'm worried about winning today. Okay. So the age doesn't matter. Today. Yeah. Lillard's got the playoff but experience. I, you I see no reason. I mean, that's reason. really what the national, you know, when, when, when Kenny the Jet is saying not the Jazz this year, what he's basically saying is, and he leaves open the possibility of next year, he's saying, like, Mitchell could do it. But he's got to get a taste of it before he does it. So if you're doing it I today. I disagree with that. I, I get it. But a lot of people pitch that, and there is a lot he's of He's gotten a to taste it. of it. He's already gotten a taste of it. At a lower level, yes. That's a taste. It is. And, <laughs> and it could work out. It did for the Warriors six years ago. Yes. So it's not that there's no examples, but most of the examples. Celtics won a title. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Mavericks. Go to the Mavericks. That's a good one. Th- there's... Because they had a lot of first and second round. I guess I have to look and see if they had a, if they had a uh, a conference. I think they did have a conference. Magic final won one. Bird won one. Uh, well, Bird was in a conference final one year and then won it the next year. Yeah, but he's still second year. <clears throat> right, but he still had a taste of it. And, and, did, and Kenny did. the Jet well, didn't well, say he, had a, no, he didn't he, say they had to knock on the door. Taste. Yeah, he didn't. Kenny the Jet didn't say they had to knock on the door forever. He said get to a conference final this year, win it all next year. He's totally on board with that. He believes that could happen. You know, and Lillard, I believe it could happen. Lillard's been there to conference final. He's been in that moment and had to make the shot, and it wasn't a fluke because he did it again. I think whatever Lillard has accomplished, which is a whole heck of a lot, mm-hmm. I believe Mitchell can accomplish. And I believe will, not just can. I believe will accomplish. So then you wouldn't trade them if you did factor the age in. Because you'd get the younger guy, and you can believe he can do what the older guy has done. But, that's, it, but, but I'm going two guys, though. It's McCollum also. Yeah. It's not just Lillard for Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, well, whatever Damian Lillard has accomplished, which is a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. I see no reason and why he's never, Mitchell. And he's never gotten to play with a Rudy. 
And so if you're looking for why can the Jazz do something that Portland hasn't been able to do, well, Rudy. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Well, not just Rudy, but, yes, Rudy's a significant reason. Right. Uh, I well, think the Jazz have a, other better players. Makes you way better at the defensive end of the Obviously. Floor. Yeah. Yes, I and mean, there's no question. That they're, well, they're a better team. The Jazz are a better team. Right. The record bears out that they're a better team. Uh, I, I completely understand that. But I think, and a lot of the comparisons have been to Dwayne Wade, but I look at right Lillard. I yeah, know, Wade at 6'5", that's an advantage. And look at those two and see comparable. And I, and I actually think Mitchell, maybe this is probably the homer in me because I see him all the time, I think he can be better than Lillard. And that's no knock on Lillard by any stretch. But I think he can be better. Wow. If you, if you can be better than Lillard, you yeah. are really I think he can be. a really high level. I think he can be. Yeah, I think he can. In what way would he be better? Just I mean, a I better can't player. He'd be better in the clutch. Like a 35-point-a-game guy or better oh, I think he can be great in the clutch. I think he's been awesome in the clutch, too, already. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> now, he hasn't hit playoff game-winning shots. Series-winning shots, right. Series, yeah, I should have said. But I think he's just dynamic. I think he's he's as or more dynamic. Lillard's more skilled. Lillard I, dominates you 25, 30 feet from the hoop. I think Mitchell can get there. I, th- I think they can be very, very comparable. I think he can supersede him. And that's probably because I'm watching Mitchell this more athleticism. Lillard uses his body well. I wonder how much he chooses. You know, at some point, guys decide, I'm, I'm just not dunking oh, yeah, that yeah, often. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It takes too much bother? energy, and then how am I coming down, and who am I coming down well, on? you have to do that as you get older. Yeah. His, his level of intelligence is great. Yeah. Yeah. He seems incredibly savvy. Yeah. High IQ guy. And, and the fact that he decided, I'm going all in on these 30 and 35 footers, and had it down to the point he could use one to win a series. Mm-hmm. That was, there was no luck about that. No, I would agree. Yeah. He's, he's committed. To, I'm waiting for the rest of the league, or at least a big chunk of the league's better shooters, is probably a better way to say that, a big chunk of the league's better shooters to be that committed to that shot. I think it's coming. It's surprising me that it hasn't happened already. And we brought it up with Joe, and he's like, that's a long way. <laughs> he's like, that is – and Joe's a really good shooter, and he didn't sound like he wanted any part of it. So, all right, Joe's coming up at 9 o'clock. Bowler coming up next. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Insider analyst for ESPN, good friend of ours, Jordan Schultz. If you're the Utah Jazz, who would you rather play in the first round if you had to choose between the Lakers or the Warriors? Listen, the Lakers have not been very good in you know, the second half. And the problem with the Lakers has been they don't really have a lot of offensive creativity. And the fact that they have their two best players dealing with injuries. So I'd probably rather play a gimpy Lakers team than the Warriors who have caught fire and beaten two of the best teams in the league consecutive games. You know, I just don't want to deal with Steph and Draymond and that team. Maybe it's just me, but to me, playing the defending champs who really have struggled is a much more appetizing first-round matchup. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Join the big show Friday at the warehouse from 2 to 7 p.m. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom. Oh, come on. <laughs> Give some energy. There you go. <laughs> it's time to welcome in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler-Jack. Bowler, good morning. David James, Patrick Kinahan. How's the golf game this morning? 
four. <laughs> That's the way I like to play. Heads up, man. Heads up. It takes a lot of balls to play golf like Craig sure Bullock. <laughs> I'm I'm probably good for at least six six lost ones. It depends on the course, but I just yeah. And then you just kind of get in a mode where you don't even worry about walking out to try to find it because everyone's saying, come on, man, hurry up out there. Yeah, I think that's an important aspect of golf. A lot of people don't necessarily care how you play, but they care how fast you play. Fast you play. Let's keep yeah. it going. Let's Drop keep it, it going. and hit another one. Yes, yeah. yes. And don't – one thing that drives me nuts is you see all four people over there in the woods or the rough or whatever it may be. no. <laughs> One or two, the other two play. Two. You don't need yeah. all four. You don't need a search party. No, no, no. Yeah. I, like the, yeah. I like the two and two. Yeah. The yeah. person who lost it needs a moral support and a little help. Need a little different angle. You might see the ball if it's kind of obscured yeah. or something. But the other two just, like, hit Keep the going. shot. So when you finally find it or you drop one, you don't have to wait for three people to hit the ball. Right. Believe me, that'll drive me nuts. Yeah. Think, and after, like, after you hit, go swap out with the person who's helping. Right. Keep it moving. I think you ought to have like a 30 second rule and then you air horn the guy or, or, or woman and say, no, oh, you know, enough time, time. Exactly. And then Don't hit me with the air horn of shame. I'm dropping. I'm dropping. Keep, keep uh, going. Keep moving. I'm not, and I'm coming from the perspective of 10 years in the Los Angeles area where literally no joke, no joke, six hours to play a round of golf. And wow. all our listeners who have come up from the Southern California area are now nodding their head saying, yes, I know exactly what you mean. Are and you they walking would send, or are you driving? No, you're, you're riding, but they send out fivesomes. And, and, it's oh. just, and there's so many people who uh, – who love to play golf and so few golf courses and they sent out fivesomes and you'd come on a tee and there'd be a group hitting a group waiting. And then you, so you'd be in the hole basically. You, and it'd be like every, like every drive to course. San Diego or Ojai or something like get away from it a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's hard to do on a Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. You got me there. <laughs> but if I you got six hours, just, of course, if it's just, two hours to get to Ojai or yeah. three, I just hate it when a, a you know marshal comes out and says, "You guys got a problem out here?" I'm like, "Oh boy." <laughs> <laughs> well, these guys want to play through. If you don't do something, we're gonna have to move you behind them. Okay, whatever you got to do. Yeah, I had a friend when uh, I was just learning in my 20s in Santa Barbara. I'd wrecked my knee, and I never played before that. And one thing he drilled into me early on: we're playing hurry up golf here. This isn't the PGA Tour. Right. I don't care who has <laughs> honors. You're ready to putt. I'm not ready to putt. Hit it. And no weekend amateur on the green should go to the opposite side of the hole and get down in a catcher's crouch. To oh, yeah, to green. read the break? No. To you read can't the break. read anyway? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I'll let you do it behind your ball, but don't go to the other side of the hole and do it unless there's nobody around, then you can do whatever you want. And there's a five some or four some about yeah. 130 yards right. out. Right, waiting. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they're going. Yes. What are you guys doing up there? Right, get and you four and you four putt and you four putt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, Bowler. Now that we fixed the sport of golf, let's fix the Utah Jazz. <laughs> Is it do? as simple as getting Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley healthy and back on the floor? Because now yeah. it looks like they're scouted. 
And oh, yeah. The defenders on the other team are playing off guys who they don't think can shoot, and it turns out they're probably right. It's making it harder for guys to drive, and it just seems like there's no rhythm to the offense and everything's gummed up. Yeah, that was kind of the topic of the night after the game. Uh, Locke and I kind of are the last ones uh, to lock the door sometimes just talking, but I think there's a, a couple of things. Fatigue comes into play mentally, physically, both, really. I think with 70 games in and the way these games have come fast and furious, absolutely. And second, to your point, you're missing two all-stars. You miss your backcourt. You, you really couldn't pair up fairly last night. Uh, with a Damian Lillard and a C.J. McCollum, who are really uh, – we've watched them for years, and it's the same story. Game after game, you know, year after year, either one or both are on. They've, they've kind of shut down Dame in the first two games, if you want to say, you know, limiting him to 16 points, but he went off last night, so did C.J. McCollum. Uh, and it, it, it's – let's be honest, look, there's no excuses in the Jazz camp. I mean, that's what Quinn will always tell you in a post-game interview enough depth to play on. There's no time to be tired. Yeah, we've heard that. But, you know, we're at that point where you have two games left. And, you know, really, the Suns must be talking the same talk because they've lost two straight. They, by the way, lost to Golden State after the Jazz lost to to Steph Curry. And tonight, how crazy, they play uh, the Phoenix Suns, or pardon me, they play the Portland Trailblazers uh, like the Jazz did last night. Both teams have lost two in a row, so there's still a two-game spread with two to play. So, obviously, all eyes on what what Portland is going to be able to do against Phoenix. But I think to your other point, DJ, the scouting, it was talked about in the post game, and I think it's spot on that after a while, when you don't have Donovan and Mike, you basically know who the Jazz have and what the offense will be. And did you notice last night they left Trent Forrest, the rookie, all by himself multiple times mm-hmm. in the corner, and the shot wouldn't drop. And a lot of pressure for a young guy to say, okay, ball's in my hand, tight game, what are we going to do? And they just said, all right, if you're going to beat us, go do it. And, you know, look, Terry, Terry Stotts has been around a long time, but the, the game planning doesn't take a lot of thought. I mean, they know with Mike and Donovan out – who the Jazz are? They watch the Golden State game. They know how to how to do this, and I think that you know the team understands that too. Um, you frustrate Bogdanovich. You'd had eight straight games of twenty or more, but last night off they crowded the three point line. They were physical, uh, and also you know guard lines that have speed. Again, it goes back to the Jazz. Can you get back in transition and? I think all those things we just talked about have been a big part of you know where the Jazz been in the last. Well, it's been a month, man. Was it April sixteenth? What today is the thirteenth? So it's yeah, it's been it's been a month uh, since the Jazz have had Donovan. He's missed now fourteen. That's amazing, isn't it? When you break it down, fourteen. Mike's missed nine, and we'll see. We know that the missile's not coming back until the postseason. Uh, Mike Conley, we've not heard uh, whether he returns to the final two games or one game to try to you know maybe knock the rust off a bit. So you just made a statement there that makes me wonder. You said we know that Donovan Mitchell's not returning until the postseason. So that gives me a line of encouragement that we do know he's returning for the postseason. Because I'm starting. Well, to let's just say I, I should I should uh, say this, PK, and in your interviewing skills, yes, I've got a clarif- clarification, please. 
um, because we know he's going to be reevaluated, and the statement was that he would miss the remainder of the regular season. Now, all I can say is from my eyes last night prior uh, to the game, for the first time I saw Donovan and Mike both on the floor. And to me, that's a huge step ahead in the sense of taking some shots, uh, you know, had your had your shoes on, your Don issue fours, whatever you may have, and Conley both around shooting. So that to me is a, is a direction, a step in the right direction. But again, to clarify, look, I know what you know, and that is the remainder of the season, which was now it was three games, now two. They don't, they won't see Donovan. Uh, Mike Conley has not been put in that in that category or in that sentence. So again. His status is still unknown, but I think there has to be some hope they're making progress. So when you say you saw him with the shoes on, you're talking about like 90 minutes or two hours before a game that went yeah. out, got yeah. shots up, and we're moving right. a little bit, enough maybe to break a sweat, but not yes. anything crazy. Yes, yeah, and I think, again, that's the, that's the first step to say, look, if you can lace him up and get back and, and just get some, you know, ease. there wasn't real hard work going on, but it's a step. And I've seen that. We've all seen it multiple times. It's how players have to, you know, work their way back in the three on threes, the five on fives. But you get on the floor, you test it, you do break a sweat. And, you know, I was just glad to see both players out of street close. Um, and that's, to me, is a positive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's 100% positive because that means they're the most definitely working toward the return when it counts the most, and that's uh, when the postseason gets started uh, next week. So that, that I think I asked you that last week or the week before. It's probably last week if you had seen that because that's uh, traditional when you go to the arena and you're there. If it's a seven o'clock start and you're there by five or so, that's when you see rehab guys right. doing their thing. And last week you said you hadn't, so I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a significant development. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, you know, in my experience, once you see a player in, in, in a warm-up or, you know, at least shoes on and he's got the ball in his hand, it's, it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. Who, who's missed a month of the season and, and Mike's been over two weeks. So, you know, the Jazz have a plan. They're going to try to hold on to this one seed. The two games on the road starts tomorrow night, uh, you know, in Oklahoma City. And then you play Sacramento, who actually has played fairly well of late. But again, you know, on paper, you would say to yourself, well, both these teams have nothing to play for. I get it. But it's the NBA, first and foremost. There's still some pride, second, and also third, and maybe the most important, players and agents understand this is the time to show that you still have well, the want and desire, and also if a contract needs to be signed or you're, as Jerry Sloan always says, said, uh, you're auditioning for 29 other teams around the league. So that always plays in, and you have to be prepared because, look, every team's been stung before, but this is not the time to get, to get stung. Uh, I can't tell you who the Jazz will play in the first round. I'm still looking at the math, and it's an amazing run to the finish. I, I, I'm guessing fans like it. Players may not, but a lot of fans are still engaged in what's going on here with this playoff. It's the same in the East, but, man, you've got the Blazers and Mavericks 5-6. The Lakers bailed out last night and and barely beat Houston, by the way. So they still stay at the 7, and Golden State 
may just be at the eight along with well Memphis is a game a half a game out so you could maybe see a flip there at eight and nine but the play-in games will still be really intriguing to see how this works out um and who the Jazz actually have in round one if they can hang on to the one seed obviously obviously it's one eight if the Lakers stay at seven how about that Phoenix Lakers matchup I mean that's there's gonna be a couple of good teams that are knocked out in round one I'm just curious how much the one seed really matters. I get you want it, and it's it's yeah. certainly symbolic, and it sounds good, and you've had it for so long you don't want to give it away. So that's right. all there. But I'm just not convinced the Jazz and Suns are going to meet in the conference finals, so it's not going to matter who has home court advantage. Maybe it's more important for which side of the bracket you go in and which teams are there, but we still don't know which we side know. the Lakers are going to go in. It looks like the Clippers, you know, if the Jazz are one, the Clippers and Suns go to the other side, and maybe the Lakers go with them. So that would seem, that would seem to be the reason to root for the one right now. I mean, yeah. the, the Suns are not rolling into the playoffs here. No, great. no, they've lost two straight. I'm looking at the Clippers, who have a game lead on Denver, and then you have the, the Portland Trailblazers have the tiebreaker on Dallas, but still sitting at five and six even. Uh, record-wise, so pardon me. Even for the Clippers guys, you don't even know who your number six opponent is. The Lakers could actually, you know, jump uh, past Dallas. But you know, that's what's so intriguing. You may not know until Sunday afternoon exactly, you know, how the the top six will be, and then of course the play-in games are still being jockeyed for seven, eight, nine, and ten, and then. Now, what are those matchups, right, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? So, I don't know. I, I kind of find it intriguing. Others, I, I, you know, I heard said, look, you ought to just play the 72 games and and say, hey, one through eight, go. But I think the league is just trying to keep teams honest, keep players on the floor, do what they do is entertain the fans, and the money you pay for a ticket is part of the equation here. So, it's kind of intriguing to see it see it in action as it was last year in the bubble. And, you know, I remember Damian Lillard last year said, look, man, if I don't have a chance to get in the playoffs, forget it. You know what happened? He was the MVP in the bubble last year. And, you know, the play-in games, you know, I thought were pretty intriguing. We'll see if it sticks. But I think for right now, the NBA is pretty much sold on it. I'm actually looking forward to the actual games more so. This thing is kind of dragging on a little bit, like the end of a regular season tends to do. And I agree that there's been more of an emphasis and an added uh, incentive and all that, but it's the games themselves when we get to Tuesday night that I'm looking forward to turning on the television yeah. because this is it's still in its baby stages, even though it was there last year, to where, to me, it's still fresh. So when they get out on the floor and play the game, that, to me, is the most intriguing of the whole deal. Other part of the 2PK is that the bubble had no fans. Now, as they begin to trickle back in, what does the home court really mean, right? Uh, that was something that was talked about in depth last year as the, these these teams just had to play one another and basically silence. Yeah, you had some virtual fans tuned in, but, you know, it's still not the same of having, you know, the emotion of the moment. And we'll see how that plays out, too. And, and these play-in games and in the postseason, the Jazz – I tell you, the last two or three home games since they've opened it up, opened it up another thousand or so, you can I can tell the difference in just the energy in the building 
And it was a little flat last night because I don't think the Jazz, well, I know the Jazz never found that rhythm that um, is kind of their ID of working working the pass, the extra pass. Uh, they had trouble with some physicality of, of the defense of Portland last night. And, you know, Bogey had a rough one after very, playing incredibly well and was is a reigning player of the week in the NBA. But, uh, you know, Bogey gets stuffed a bit. And Joe, I thought, did all he could. I'm just looking here. You know, he's been running the show. He had 14 last night. But, you know, Royce is more of a defender. He was worn out just trying to slow down the backcourt of Lillard and McCollum. And uh, Gobert, of course, had his own one-on-one with Nurkic last night. But Carmelo, I thought, was a difference maker. You know, he's going to be, what, 30, 37 in a couple of weeks. And he, uh, I thought he hurt the Jazz in a big way coming off the bench. He looked fresh. He didn't play uh, the game prior against Houston. And he, you could tell he, he, he was fresh and, and looked, looked like uh, he had turned the clock back a bit. Bowler, we appreciate it as always. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. Well, I'm glad to warm up the stage, tell Joe to take the mic, and, uh, you know, let's, let's hear it. I'll be tuning in. Well, yeah, we got we to gotta sell some uh, prime rib here uh, in between. We can't rush right into the next show. You know how it is. The house uh, has got to yeah. make some money. Got to make some money. Sell some food, well, sell some drinks, that kind of stuff. Tell Joe, play on, and um, hit that three. No. Okay. We're actually going to tell him to play through. Play through. <laughs> Wrap it all up. Wrap there it up, is. man. Let's go. <laughs> Play through. These guys want to. Come on, man. You're slowing us down. Yeah. Drop one. one. Hit it. Joe, Thanks, ask, Bullard. Does, he, does Joe play golf? Does Joe play golf? I don't think he does. No, I, I brought it up to him one time. Okay. Well, maybe he's smarter than we all are. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Hey, see ya. Thanks, Bowler. Yep. All right, Joe Ingles coming up in about 15 minutes here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. I got something for next segment when we come back. If you want to feel old, I got the perfect recipe. Well, nobody wants to feel old. But you can't help it. All right. Now, what are you talking about? When I was 15, I couldn't wait to be 16. Yeah, but we're not talking to 15-year-olds. <laughs> well, you said nobody. We're talking to a lot of people in their 30s who don't want to be in their 40s, people in their 40s who don't want to be in their 50s, and so on. I All feel right. like D- I'm in my 20s. DJ and PK. Uh, PK is going to make everyone feel old, so that's a heck of a tease. We'll do that next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. For KSLSports.com, he's our good friend Ben Anderson. Who's the team to beat in the West? Jazz. Honestly, I don't think it's all that argumentative at this point. I mean, you just seen the Clippers being consistent. I worry with Phoenix that they're going to run out of gas by the time they get to the playoffs. Plus, they're probably looking at a Lakers first-round matchup, and I think that's really tough. I'm curious how easy the Lakers' path is. Even if they beat Phoenix, they probably have to face the Clippers in the second round. It's just really tough, and so at some point you have to say, what's the probability of just getting to the conference finals? And if the Jazz get to play the Warriors in the first round... And either the Nuggets or the Mavericks in the second round, you probably like the Jazz odds, and then that makes them the favorite. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. All right, this next segment is for people under 16 who can't wait to be old so they can drive a car. For all of you who are 
over 30, 40, or 50 and don't want to get to the next round number, too bad PK's about to make you feel old. I embrace everything that is coming my way. Okay. I can't wait till I'm 70 because 70, I'm finally going to look good because that's relative to every other 70-year-old. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So I just keep going to gym. I mean, the 30 and 40, I didn't, but you just wait it out and eventually you get there. Nice. You see what that's I'm good. saying? Good plan. Yeah. All right. Chris Hill once told me, man, you look pretty good for your age. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you don't have a gut and you still have your hair. <laughs> yeah, I'm rolling. All right. Man, so when I was 18, well, yeah, <laughs> no, not so much. But I just waited it out and I got there. So, you know, I'm looking forward to whatever, whatever lies ahead, whatever the next challenge is. You embrace it. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to say. I was going to say, that's the lie you say on the radio. <laughs> then you get off and grumble, want, grumble want, all the way to the car, and I hear every word. I want, I want this to stay the way it is. No, you know who is 60 years old today? Who is 60 today, PK? You're never going to imagine this. Mr. Dennis Rodman. Oh, Dennis Rodman. First thing I see is him getting on that bike and disappearing into the night in that Jordan documentary. That was hilarious. My son laughed out loud when he saw it. He's like, did that guy just do whatever he wanted? Because my son, he's in his 20s. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't remember any of that. He wasn't born for that. He doesn't. Rodman, 60 years old. He could be a rebel then, but at 60. At 60, can you be a rebel? (laughs) At 60, does he walk into some Vegas party, some lounge in Vegas? Everyone looks like, who's the old guy? It looks like all the tats and all the ears. It's like, yeah. what's wrong with his hair? That's Dennis Rodman. So what? <laughs> and this ties into a tweet that we got. I said uh, we got one that says, the one that I feel the Jazz lack this season is the crazy player. Think Rodman with the Bulls or Draymond Green with the Warriors, the bruiser-type player who gets physical. I can see that. I can see where they're going there. Now, do you the, need that? The well, the bruiser giveth and the bruiser taketh away. I mean, you can think, hey, that guy helped this team win a championship. True, but then you think over here, oh, that guy might have cost that team a championship. True. So you know, you roll the dice. I mean, we all remember Draymond getting getting suspended for Game Five, and the Cavs win it, and it starts LeBron on the way to the comeback from three to one to win the title, and magic moment in Cleveland and all that stuff. Yeah. But there's a really strong argument. Do they have three titles without Draymond? There's a strong argument they don't. Doke, it's your turn. Doke! <laughs> Doke's like, I'm big, but I'm not crazy, guy. <laughs> you got a week to get crazy. <laughs> you got a week to get crazy. All right, Scott from Elite Works joining us. We're broadcasting live this morning. We're in Utah County. We're at the Cedar Hills Golf Club. High up on the ridge with the yes. commanding views of Utah County. Spectacular views to the west and the south. The, the, the best views there are of Utah County, right? It's yeah, they nice are, actually. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The fir- I'm trying to t- think where else. I mean, you, I guess. Tippinogas? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true, right? Because well, we were talking about the high elevation on number one, but on the yeah. back nine when you cross the street. There's a bunch of high elevations. There too. is, and yeah. it, it looks down all yeah. over the valley. It's yeah. a it's a great setting for the golf uh, tournament today, for sure. Yeah. So the golf tournament here is to benefit the um, all the well, especially the the kids and the families uh, because the families struggle right along yeah. with the kids when they're struggling with dyslexia, and they have a nonprofit that people can turn to. They're for profit companies yeah. and doing good work and help, but they might be a little more expensive. Yeah. And, 
And you're raising money for the people who can't even afford the nonprofit. Absolutely. Like, like you said, if there's situations where you feel, um, you know, helpless. Mm-hmm. And, and if your kid can't get the help they need um, in school or the teacher can't kind of figure out what's going on, uh, you know, going to a, a place and, and spending money if you don't have money is really hard. Obviously, they can't do it. And so at today's golf tournament, what we're doing is we're actually going to try and fill 50 or 60 scholarships uh, for those specific types of families that need help, um, you know, for their kids to learn, to progress in school and be really productive people in society. With the dyslexia, I don't have a lot of knowledge on it, but I know like autism, there's all sorts of various levels. Yes. Does that work? And is that the situation here? Yeah. In this situation? Yeah. It, you're exactly right. It's a, it's a great way of putting it. it. There's people that are much more severe than others. And, um, you know, each one of those individuals will need some specific help. Some, it could be, you know, as quick as six months, right, to really help them figure, figure out a new way to learn. And some kids will have to go for years to try and really figure it out. And, and that can be a big burden on families and, and especially the kids. They're, I mean, if you can't read and you're that kid in school, you know, other kids are looking down on you. People think you're dumb. And, and really what you can do is help your kid build that self-esteem. And, and as a parent, I don't think there's anything more we'd wish upon our kids than self-esteem to try and, and do their best and do better. And, and that's really what we can do is try to help them gain that by succeeding in the classroom and, and not being that kid that, you know, people are mocking or making fun of because they, they can't read. Yeah. So how can you help parents? And, you, and you've been through this as a parent. Yeah. But there's still there's a lot of scenarios to go through, and you only yes. went through one of them. Yes. Uh, but I'm just curious – you can't see the world through your children's eyes. Yeah. They can't diagnose themselves with dyslexia and say, well, yeah. you know, the letters are out of order. That's yeah. why it doesn't make sense to me. They can't, they can't know that. So how do you break through that? How do you connect the dots and get to the point that, hey, I think we should go have our kid check yeah. for this? If, you're, if your child is struggling, if my daughter used to be able to, she goes, Dad, do you want, we would read every other page at night mm-hmm. when she was little. And she would read the page backwards and she would read it quicker backwards than she could read it forwards. And I was like, whoa, you know, we're, what do we have going on here? And, and if your child struggles or letters are disappearing or numbers are off, things like that, you need to call the dyslexia center up. They can set up a, 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 a consultation where you can come in. They'll give you a bit of a test and, and they can kind of figure out a plan of, what, what they can do to help your child out, help the family out. Um, maybe you qualify for a scholarship. If you do, great. Uh, they're really there to help people out. It's, it's a nonprofit. Shelly Hatch runs it, and she's done this for well over 20 years, dedicated her heart and soul to the children. And it's just, it really is a, a feel-good story and a feel-good type of company. Well, thanks for doing the golf tournament yeah, today and you. raising all the money. And uh, good luck with the rest yeah. of the day. You got thank some sponsors you, so you want to thank? Yes, we do. Um, uh, we have Coke. We have Chick-fil-A. We have Honey Baked Ham. We have Elite Works. We have Metastock. The Utah Jazz. BYU and Utah donated some great stuff. Uh, uh, 1280 The Zone. You guys come out every year to this. Help support us. 
Um, so great sponsors out there that make this come true. And no one's taking any money out of this tournament anywhere. It's all going to the scholarship fund. All right. Well, thanks a lot. We yeah. appreciate all you do. Thank you. All right. Joe Ingles is coming up next. Stay with us. Hey, yeah. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic. And certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union for a limited time only. Get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit. It's Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Hello, Joe. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Joe, you're breaking up. I don't know how you are. I can't go on until I know how you are. <laughs> yeah. He's there. He's good. All right. So I'm curious. Uh, we, we heard Donovan was out uh, uh, shooting around, breaking a little bit of a sweat before the, uh, before the game with the Blazers, which I guess is a good sign on the road to recover. And I'm just wondering, do you ever look at him and say, would you hurry up and get back out here? I want my normal rollback. <laughs> I want balance in the universe. You ever drop um, any drop any of that on him? Yeah, I mean when I'm getting <laughs> when I'm getting pressured full court for the right. whole game, um, they're the times that I'm like, I wish someone was one of those two was one of them was out there with me. Um, but obviously, health is 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 first and foremost, and they need to both not just Donovan, Mike as well, both need to be um, 100% healthy or as, as close to obviously with this, this kind of time of the year. Um, before heading into the playoffs, um, would I appreciate and like to play with one of them again or both of them? Like, absolutely, because it makes my job so much easier. Um, like I said, we've got, I've said it before, we've got one of the best, if not the best, healthcare performance team in the in the league, and that, that I've been with anyway in, in my career too. So um, you just got to kind of trust the process with them a little bit and. Um, let them let them get back when they're healthy. I'm wondering to me as it seems like this season is just dragging on and it's like get to the playoffs already. And it sort of reminds me of like the last few games before the all star break and you've had a long stretch of games, travel, blah, 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 blah. And it's like get to the all star break and we'll regroup. Is that a fair assessment to where you guys might be not only physically but mentally? Um yeah, I mean, I think a little bit. I We haven't sat in the locker room and talked about it or hasn't kind of come up with our guys tired or, or mentally kind of fatigued or, or whatever. Um, I think a bit of it is, is just, it is kind of what it is, really. Like, it, we all, I mean, we knew however long ago we were going to be in the playoffs. Did we know, yeah, we're going to be 
pretty high up on the ladder. Um, uh, somewhere in, in that, well, I guess when we get to that playoff stage. Um, and I think with, I mean, like you said, with the injuries too, you throw them in and, and a few of us have been playing a bit more or different roles um, a little bit. And it's some days it's a bit more of a grind. Um, but, like, I mean, it is what it is. The schedule is what it is. And um, we just got to go out and, and finish these two games off, I think, like I've said all, all year and, and especially to you guys, like we've, we've wanted to just keep getting better and better each game and we've never talked about being number one or two or three or four or, or, or trying to do this or someone's averaging this. It's just been about getting better each game and um, we've hit some, some, some games that we, we haven't played well and we've, we've been able to kind of turn around and fix those things. So um, it's no different with, with these next two games. We've got... I think, I mean, I'm pretty confident. I think they're both out of the playoffs regardless of these OKC and Sacramento. And for those guys, it's it's playing for, for contracts or pride or the, the coach is still trying to push them, um, that development side of things. So we still know that they're going to be two, uh, two tough games. And, and for us, it's about, like I said, getting ready for the, the playoffs and, um, yeah, just, just keeping that momentum going going forward. So I'm curious what you can say to uh, some of the younger players who are in a spot that you were in a few years ago with the Jazz where you're on the team, but you're not sure how much everybody loves you or how long you're going to be on the team. You're playing either a little bit or maybe you're not even sure if you're playing and it varies night to night, and then you have a rough game. I would think that would just be brutal as you got the dream and you're trying to, and you're laughing because it is brutal and you were in it. And what can you say to a guy who's, you know, coming off a one for nine night and you're looking at him like, you, you may not believe this dude, but I feel your pain. Been there, done that. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, um, I mean, it's a, it's a tough situation. It's everybody on our rosters, um, earned their way onto the roster, whether it be drafted or free agency or whatever, however they got there. Um, and the, the, the like getting on the, it might sound silly, but like getting on the roster is probably the easier part. But then actually getting on the court and being consistent and playing consistent minutes and having a role or, or whatever it is, is is the hard part, really. Um, you've especially especially when you're on the number one or two, top two or three, whatever, however number, how many teams you want to put in that category. But when you're in that top echelon of teams, it's it's hard to get out there. Um, we're a deep team. We've we've obviously proved that. We've we've been able to put guys in um, at different times through injury, and guys have played well. Maybe they they play bad. Maybe it's one of us that plays bad. Like whatever the reason is. Um, but it's a it's a tough situation. You've got to you've got to kind of I don't want to quote John Embiid, but like trust the process a little bit of. Um, like the work you're putting in every day and, and the coaches see that. The coaches know what you're doing. Um, you want to obviously get an opportunity and try and take advantage of the opportunity. Sometimes it's hard at the end of a game, you might get two minutes and they've, like I think last night we put four, four or five, the, the bench in there at the end. And um, it's, it's, I mean, I think, and then Portland still had their starters in, so they're playing against Dame and these guys. Um, so it's a, it's a tough situation and, um, I don't think I don't, I would I would I don't know from inside, but I would strongly believe that um, 
management isn't judging or, or making any assumptions on these guys from a, a minute at the end of a game. It's it's the the work over the course of a the season. They, they they see the guys getting in there and um, putting in that extra work, getting extra shots up, getting an extra lift in. Um, when that opportunity comes to play with the rotation players, being ready to, to do that and, and contributing. And like you said, I mean, go one for like they're, they're not getting. Um, black mark or tick or whatever it is on, on what they shoot from the, the field. It's the, the work that they have to put in and um, it's frustrating at times because you, you could go a whole year without really playing meaningful minutes and this year even even tougher without the G League because they would usually um, a lot of our guys would have been with the G League for, for a lot of the season and then obviously coming up and down um, the two ways and, and sort of our G League guys would have been with us probably at this point of the year with um, the, the season finishing with the G League, so um, it's tough. You've, you've you've got to almost put your head down, bum up, and just just keep going to work every day. And 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 when that opportunity comes, try and take advantage of it. So you played the Nuggets the other night, and I was glad you beat them because the number one reason for me. Is that Austin Rivers really, really bugs me? He acts like he's got a ton of street cred, and he grew up rich. Does he bug you the way he bugs me? <laughs> well, I mean, my honest opinion is I don't really have much thought or concern for Austin Rivers or, or anyone else on that team or anyone else on any other team. Um, my thoughts and my care and my all, all that is put into my team and, and my coaching staff and my family and um, yeah I mean there's there's guys that hit a couple of shots and might act a little bit different and then you see the box score the next night they're over 8 or something it's pretty funny at times but um, no I don't like it just doesn't at the heat of the moment in the game if someone's doing something to try and show us up or, or not even be disrespectful, but like just just trying to do a bit extra than what they normally do. I, I have no problem saying something to to, to these people, but um, nah, I I have zero concern or or effort or anything to to other people that aren't, aren't on my roster. Well, he bugs me. <laughs> I don't know. know if... Next time, okay. <laughs> when you great. do. Next time, next time you're allowed uh, when it gets back to normal and you guys are actually allowed at shoot around, I want you to go to shoot around and I want you to tell Austin Rivers that he really bugs you. Yeah, okay, I will. All right. I'll be waiting for it. All right, speaking of saying things, I don't know if, if Royce O'Neal is your best friend on the team, uh, but he's a good friend on the team, Joe, because I'm pretty sure he saved you some money in that Blazer game. In the first half, you went to the hoop, and you thought you got fouled, and you were not going to have a discussion with the referee. You were going to unload on him. And I saw it was a tight shot on TV, so we couldn't see a lot of what was going on in the court as the play was ending. It was a timeout. I think people were going back to the bench. All of a sudden, I see Royce's shoulder, and then all of Royce slide between you and the ref. How much did he calm you down in that moment? How much did you think, oh, yeah, Renee's going to be mad if I get another T? Oh, it's funny because I got a T think uh, a few games ago, a couple games ago, mm-hmm. I can't remember which one it was, um, and Renee was at the game, and I was walking off, and obviously I know where she sits, she sat in the same seat for seven years now, or whatever, um, and I like looked up real quick, and she was shaking her head at me, which <laughs> 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 is pretty funny. Um, no, I think, I mean, I think I, 
Royce, uh, I'll buy him a, uh, a soda or a sparkling water or something today on the boys' <laughs> big takeoff today. Um, but no, I still got my the the verbal part of what I needed to say out. I just wasn't <laughs> able to get any closer to him. And, uh, so maybe it did, did uh, save me some money, but uh, he maybe didn't hear me from as closely. But um, even Dane was like, did you just... To the red, like, do you just not hear what he said to you? I was like, no, no, I was talking to myself. I wasn't talking to the referee. Oh, yeah. nice, nice, good nice. one. Nice, good. Uh, no, good, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm done with that. I'm, as of, I woke up this morning and had a. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, at peace moment, and I'm not gonna talk to the referees in, in, anymore. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> good one, Joe. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna. I'm focusing on my team. I'm gonna help the young guys. When Trent's out there, I'm going to use the timeout to help help Trent or whoever's out there. Um, watch. Just next week. Wingles, come to Jesus moment, right? <laughs> well, Joe, I've, I've always that. felt like you to, told uh, us – I've always felt like you told us as much of the truth as you possibly could. There's some things you're not allowed to say, even if you believe them, and we all get that. But right now – there's no chance. Yeah, no one's buying this. it, Joe. I'm not buying I'm it, Joe. <laughs> okay. Only, Clip and save, I deci- Jake. Clip and I save. That, I decided that it, I mean, it's 9.20 or 9.19. I decided that that was what I'm going to do. So that's uh, that's it. All right. Well, next week, whatever day, I don't know what the date is, in seven days' time when I speak to you guys again and everybody, everybody's watching and you guys – watch the game and you'll be like, man, you were telling the truth. You really didn't. <laughs> I'm talking about like getting teased, yelling at them, putting like, I'm going to, if I speak to them, there's, there's always time to speak to them because they, there's things that need to be said at times, but I'll say it in the right <laughs> way. And I'll say it with a correct, the correct tone and I'll put my nicest Australian accent on and we'll, uh, <laughs> and I'll keep it moving. I'm going to focus on, my team, myself, and my young guys, and that's it. I wish we were allowed in the team facility right now because I would go pull 100 people, Uh-oh. and I think it would be 100 to nothing that they'd be with PK and I and nobody would be with you. All right. Well, I'll prove <laughs> you along. If you were allowed to put a little wager on it, we'll put a, uh, we'll put a lunch on it. How about that? <laughs> no, I think what it is is that they must have some citizenship award that they give, and Joe wants to win it now. Maybe get a couple, couple, a couple extra hundred bucks or something. Just don't send the uh, voice clip of this to Quinn because he'll hold me to it. Well. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Uh. <laughs> I'm wondering, there's been a lot of talk on this play-in stuff with uh, Cuban came out against it. I think Doncich, LeBron, the spokesman for the league, he came out against it. I don't know how much you've paid attention, but have you noticed any increased intensity at the end of the stretch of the season because of this play-in? Yeah, I mean, I think it. Um, I honestly, I don't watch too many other teams or games, so I don't know exactly where everyone is or who's exactly fighting for what um, at this point. But I think, like looking at it, whatever in the preseason when they announced it, I think it definitely um, gets rid of some of the obvious uh, resting of players or whatever it may be. Because I think. Um, if you're a team that's around that, whatever it is, like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, even, um, and you've got a chance, like you, you're going to put everything into to finishing as high as you can, um, like finishing 
14th doesn't really get you any finishing 11th. Like, you've, but if you can get into the into the plane and you're in the playoffs and then you, like, who knows, you might get a matchup that you, that you feel really confident about. Um, or you might be the, the eighth seed that beats the, the seventh or whatever the thing is, and then you, your seventh seed matchup is better for you than um, what the eighth seed might have been or, or the number one seed, um, depending on who you're playing. So I think it, um, yeah, I think it, it definitely helps. I think, like, would I say the same thing if we were in ninth and, or seventh or eighth or whatever and playing in for it? Like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's a bit more frustrating. Because um, I do, on the flip side of that, I do see the point of, like, there's 72 games, 82 games, whatever we play a year. And if you're five, six, seven, eight games ahead of the ninth and tenth seeds, is it completely fair that you should be still playing off when you clearly have been a better team in the regular season? Like, that's the where, where it gets a bit 50-50. Um, but it is what it is. I think they, they I think someone said the ratings and, and people loved it in the, in the bubble. Um, and obviously the bubble and Orlando was a bit of a different experience last year. But I think... Um, Everybody loved that. I, I, like, I'll watch the games. I, I think it'd be cool to watch. Like, you, you're watching the nine and ten team playing off. It's, um, it's one game, and same with the seventh and eighth. And then if the tenth team ends up playing the seventh team and they win, like, it would be, it'll be cool to watch. Um, again, probably not cool if you are that seventh eighth team and you're struggling or, or you're not playing well or you've got some guys out with injuries or COVID or whatever it is. Um, and you end up potentially losing. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, I understand both sides of, of people's arguments um, about it with the, the seedings or, or your matchups. But um, the funny part is that none of the players really get to make decisions. So we just do what we're told. So um, if you're in there, you're in there. If you're not, um, you're getting ready. I mean, the other part is being first, second seed. You can't. You obviously can't uh, prepare too much for your uh, for your series. So our our coaching staff will be preparing for four teams um, up until obviously the day of the game or, or right after post that that last game. All right, we know you got to run, Joe. I'm just curious. Have you seen the video from the TV broadcast when you passed up an open three against the Blazers and Quinn like flinched and recoiled in horror? When did I pass up over three? In the in the Blazer game. It's on my Twitter. Well, I know that, but I played bloody 32 minutes, mate. Uh, I think it was <laughs> – you were shooting in front of the Jazz bench. It was – it might have been second quarter, I think. And Is it when uh, someone went under the pick and roll, I think? Yeah, you were on the far side from the bench, and, and you exchanged. It wasn't a true screen. You just kind of – whoever was dribbling, and they dribbled away from the Jazz bench. You ran towards the Jazz bench. They threw you the ball. You had it open. For some reason, you hitched, and then the defender closed down on you, and you shot a step-back three. Oh, and, I do remember that now. That you yeah, that and you've got to see you got to see the video of Quinn. <laughs> it's clear as day. Like He just like spins and sits down and flinches. He was in physical pain. Watching you pass up that three, you got to see the. No, I mean I, I obviously, I can't remember the exact like what happened, but obviously didn't catch the ball properly, or I don't know, maybe I thought I was going to drive it or something, but um, I think I've done a pretty good job of shooting when I've been open. Um, 
obviously not on that one. Obviously not for, for that one for Quinn. But um, no, it's been um, one of those things. It's 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 been the the truth too is it's been very different. The shots I've been getting as a starting point guard instead of as a sixth seventh man off the bench with the the style of of play a lot more off the dribble threes a lot more off the dribble and pick and roll threes early in the clock threes. Um, which I'm not complaining about at all, uh, but it's just a, a very different variety of shots. So it's been it's been a learning experience for me to, to play full-time point guard in the NBA for, I don't even know what it's been now, a couple of weeks maybe. Um, so I've learned, I mean, I've learned a lot. I think I've done a reasonable job. I think I've played some, some really bad games or bad situations, but um, I, I think for me and for the team, it'll, it'll be good in the long run. Um, me being able to play these minutes that if something does happen again or we're out or foul trouble or someone's injured or knock on wood, whatever happens. Um, I've played pretty heavy heavy minutes at the point guard for, for a few weeks here leading into the playoffs. So, um, it's been fun, but like I said, I'll be more than happy to have my, my point guards back. Yeah. Well, Joe, we appreciate a few minutes. We know you got to get tested. Thanks for joining us. Of course. No worries, guys. Joe Ingles, join us every week here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you haven't seen that video of Quinn, uh, you'll probably get a giggle out of it. Uh, check it out. It's on Twitter, David DJ James, and other people tweeted it out as well. It was pretty noticeable when it happened. All right, when we come back, we'll get you up to speed on everything we've been talking about in this show, including Dennis Rodman's 60th birthday. That's next. Stay with us. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. As an organization, it's things that, you know, you can do better as well. But I'll just say this for, for Joe Brady's growth, that organization, they'll have to, like, just practice different things you know, in, in, in different ways. Um, like one of the things we didn't do much of when I was there, we didn't practice two minute really. We didn't practice red zone. You, you didn't practice on Fridays there, but you walk what? through like the red, you walk through the red zone stuff. And then Saturday you come out and practice red zone, but you only get like 15 live reps and guys. Oh, reps all the way limited. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, now a Bronco. Apparently things weren't all that smooth in Carolina behind the scenes, PK. Joe Brady's the offensive coordinator, only 31 years old. Uh, that's who he referenced Joe Brady there. Yeah, but Bridgewater claiming that uh, – what's that new coach from Baylor Rule? That uh, he didn't practice, and Rule came out and said that he was comfortable with what he was doing. But the first thing I thought of when they were slacking off his practice is Allen Iverson's got a new favorite team. Yeah, <laughs> he's all about the Panthers. <laughs> Panthers are talking about. Isn't he from practice. that area too? It's somewhere. Practice. Is he from Virginia? Or? I thought he was from like Virginia Beach or something, but I have to look it up. Okay. I, haven't, I haven't thought about it in a long time. Some Somewhere down yeah. in that region. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ridgewater with some parting shots as he goes out the door as that lasted one season. And they got Sam Darnold in there now. See what he can do for 
the Carolina. I always want to call them the Cougars. It's like the old NBA team, isn't it? ABA. AB, did I say NBA? I meant ABA, yeah. yeah. Old ABA team. So it's the Carolina Panthers, of course. Yes. Well, that division should have opened up a little bit, right? I mean, you got Tampa Bay at the top, but at least you don't have New Orleans also with Breeze uh, retiring. Don't, don't, How big a hit are they going to take? Hold on, hold on. I don't know. I 500. Can't, I 500. Wow. Teams. You think so? It's off the top of my head, yeah. 500. Well, you can't go 500 anymore. I'm going to have a problem with this 17 game season. Like everything, you can go something. 500. Like, 10 and 6 meant something. You could get a uh, tie. You could go 8, 8 and 1. Yes, I eight, know. Eight Who one. had the tie last year? Was it the Browns? Did they tie somebody? The Browns had a tie last year, I believe. Yeah, somebody had a tie. So you can, you can do that, but I get your point. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is David James of Channel 2 does not think, not a my believer. former employer, that he does not believe in Taysom Hill. That's what you just admitted right here on national radio. National radio? Well, with the internet. With everything. the internet, everything's international. Yeah. I don't know why you're downgrading us to national on global radio. Well, because I always... Is I, he I, be the, no, I put America first. It's a, at a kid. Is he going to be <laughs> the... Um, is he like going to be the one. starter for sure? If Sean Payton has a brain. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater was getting a little more than 15 live reps in the old red zone when Sean Payton was coaching him. <laughs> so, in my mind, NFL MVP is Zach Wilson 1, Taysom Hill 2, Fred Warner 3, <laughs> Kyle Vannoy 4. <laughs> that a kid. <laughs> and that's just because they don't give it to uh, offensive linemen or else I'd have Christensen. I was going to say, there. Brady Christensen's probably on that list at that point. <laughs> well, they don't give it to Garrett them. Bowles is wondering, what the heck? Why are you biased against me? Well, we're in Utah County now. It's Cedar Hills Golf Course, so of course I'm oh, okay. slanted so towards BYU. <laughs> Once you move past South hey, Mountain, Garrett Bowles is from Utah County, though. So, no, nah, no, he's he's an offensive lineman. They don't don't wreck the shtick, Yach. They don't ever you get... and your literal truth. Hey, uh, hey, <laughs> offensive linemen can go way high in the draft, but they never get any. No, you can't be the MVP. <laughs> you could pancake 752 guys, and now I'll not allow a sack for a decade, and you're yeah. not getting an MVP vote. Which is funny because football, I believe, is the ultimate team game, and I can be all that. But if the guy on the other side sucks, well. Right. But the MVP so, is the best quarterback or running back award. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, not so much running back anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, used to be when we were growing up, running back. Tony Dorsett and Earl Campbell and yeah. those Emmett guys, Smith, uh, Walter Payton. Smith. Yeah, those guys were just legends. Right. Now, I don't even think Alvin Kamara is a good player, but I don't think he's got a snowball's chance. No. <laughs> uh, because they seem, you know, especially with the rules being what they are. Have to but, see, like, Derrick Henry had a massive season. Where did he come in in the MVP voting? And that was unusual. It was. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what it takes to yeah. break through this forest of quarterbacks. Yeah. So the NFL schedule is out, and it is Cowboys and Buccaneers on Thursday night. Man, the NFL doesn't miss a beat. And not only did they have these great marquee games plugged in, the week four, it's Tom Brady going back to New England, so that's a Sunday night game. They don't miss a beat there. But I was telling you earlier that uh, two of our sports producers, Tim Peterson's a huge Raider fan, so he was already trying to figure out how many times he's going to be sitting at his desk and the Broncos oh, or the guys, Chiefs hello, are going to be on. Them. I will. And how many times are the Broncos or the Chiefs going to be on when he wants to watch his silver and black? And he and Matt Comer were going through it. And, they, and the first thing, and they, it was, I could hear them. You know, they were going, talking aloud there in, the, in the, our little corner of the room. And the, the, they're offset a lot. I mean, there's sometimes where you have to choose between one of them, but it's amazing. Who am I choosing between? The Broncos, the Chiefs, 
the Raiders. Well, that's among, of course, not between. Thank you. But, uh, so just AFC West without the Chargers? Without the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Well, the, the fact that Utah geographically is close to Las Vegas, Denver. We've had a lot of Denver games here over the years. But the Chiefs are the team everybody wants to watch. They've got this wildly exciting quarterback, and they've been in two Super Bowls, and everybody wants to watch the winners, right? And so there are these three teams on any given week that can be a lot of interest, and it was amazing going – and I left to go do something. They were like on week seven. But it was amazing, like in five of the first seven weeks. That just means they didn't have enough to do. Right then it was a little slow. (laughs) It was was a little slow right then. Um, They'd had to do stuff for the 6 o'clock show, and then you got to wait for the jazz game to start, and there was a little window right there. And that's when they were doing it. And um, it was just that somebody was in the morning, somebody was in the afternoon, somebody was on CBS or somebody was on Fox, so they were offset. There were primetime games for all of them mixed in. And sure. so I think it'll be what it was last year where there were five or six teams that got about 12 appearances. And I'd have to have the list in front of me. You know, I think the Packers maybe got 10 or 11. But the, the Packers, the Saints, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Bucks. those six teams were on a lot in this market. And it's like, well, yeah, people want to see Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. No kidding. You know, you're sitting in between two AFC West teams and you got the, at the time, the Super Bowl champ in the division. Of course, those three teams are going to be on a lot. You got a local guy who midseason starts playing a lot for the Saints and they have a Hall of Fame quarterback when he's healthy. So we were seeing a lot of those teams. And, and the NFL, it's like if you bore down, there's a lot of details and I don't, I don't think it's luck. Oh, I no, think we'll no, probably see. The, I mean, they realize they're an entertainment the, business, right? And the Jets, I think, I don't, you know, depending on how their season goes, we'll see how much we see of them because I don't think we'll be seeing a, you know, if they're two and nine or whatever, I don't think we're going to be seeing them. But uh, two of the first three weeks, they'll they'll be. I think week three they play the Broncos, and I'm sure that game will be on. Well, I look forward to watching Zach to see what he can yeah. do. I believe he's going to do well, but I also believe that they should build up the Raider. Oh, and, they, and they, I, here. within a game, I think the Raiders were on 12 or 13 times last year. And one of the games be. that was our team, one of the team, one of the games that wasn't on was the Raiders playing the Broncos. And it's because it was the last week of the season and they were both eliminated. Right. right. And so I, I think one of those teams was 12 and one was 13 appearances or it was 13 and 14. I'd have to look it up. I'm but, um, pushing for the Raiders to have all of 1280s people down there. I know. To right? Entertain us for a game to host us. Because we what? put the broadcasts on. We have yep. Lincoln Kennedy on. Mm-hmm. We ought to have Musburger on, too. That'd be great. And I believe this is an untapped market here. I think they think that, too. <laughs> and I think they're really into St. George. But they're into Salt Lake, too. Well, St. George is close enough. Yeah. That's Utah. That's easy. That's a that's a hour, yeah. hour and a half drive. And we're into St. George, so it's, you know, the six degrees. It's only That's only two degrees of separation <laughs> right there. Other stuff we talked about. Of course, about. they're NFL, so you know once they're into St. George, they're into Beaver. Other things we've talked about, he says, moving on. Well, let's see. That's right up to Freeway and Cedar City. And Fillmore. we got it covered. Shout out to Scipio. What up, Scipio? They have people there? They do. Hey, okay. don't forget so, Meadow. Somebody's got to staff those two gas stations that face you down the east side of the road. That's true. I often wonder where they're coming from. Yeah. Do people live there? I, I don't. Is there a population? Uh, I think there is. I've never gone anywhere off the freeway. See, and as you know, uh, I've stayed at the Beaver Temple. I took my wife by that the other day. Did you really? You got off the freeway and said, this is where well, we Well, we were going to the creamery, 
and you had to get off. When you're coming from St. George, you get off at that exit, and then you go right through. And I was telling her, that's where we stayed. Wikipedia says Scipio has a population of 308 people as of 2019. So there you go. So we talked Utah Jazz and the Portland Trailblazers, and we are really rambling. It's just, we are just bouncing all over the horizon right now. The Jazz. <laughs> just got three messages from Scott Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> the Jazz, they defended well enough, 105 points. I think the Jazz are 38-6 and six this year when they hold teams to 110 or less in regulation. They literally, that Laker game where stars on both teams were out, uh, that game was tied much. at 110 and went to overtime. But they have enough offensive firepower. It used to be in the Stockton Malone era, if they held teams under 100 points, they won the game. Different error. Right. And now there's more threes, and teams play a little faster, so you're going to have more points scored. Right now, 110 is a magic number. If you're 38-6, and six, when you hold teams— I thought two was a magic number. What? When you're 38-6, and six, don't be so literal. When you're 38-6, <laughs> and six, they— you're an excellent team if you hold team. You got the firepower to score and to beat somebody, and they don't have the firepower right now. They're 38-6, and six, and four of those six losses have come since Donovan Mitchell got hurt. Huh? Two of them were in the Minnesota games. They held Minnesota like 101 and 105. They're defending. We have people on Facebook saying they're not playing hard enough. They don't want it. They're playing plenty hard. They're defending. They're not giving up easy shots. If you're giving up a bunch of easy shots, the Blazers have guys who will – you know, Lill- yeah. Lillard, Lillard, Lillard will go for 40, and the Blazers will score 120 points. And that didn't happen. He's, he's somewhat defenseless. Undefendable. Yeah, I mean, just... What are you going to do when he's on? Yeah. And he hit some of those shots in that game to get to 30 points. The defender was right there. The hand was up. Yeah. Well, and he just... Tip your hat to him. Rose up and hit the shot. He's a Hall of Fame player. He did it multiple times. Let's yeah. just get through these games here. Yeah. And, and get these guys back and, and uh. take their chances and see where they stack up. That's the way I look at it. Oklahoma City tomorrow night. See if the Jazz can avoid the three-game losing streak. Oklahoma City's really struggling. We'll get to that tomorrow. We'll get to your feedback on today's show next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It is time now for your feedback. Today's, today's question, what does it say about the Jazz that they've lost two in a row? That's PK trying to make me laugh because sitting in the locker room back when we could do that kind of thing. What does it say about this team? You're kind of out of questions and somebody will throw that out there. What does it say about this team? But it's only after a glorious win. Right. What does it say about this team that you were down by 40 in the second quarter? Does it say you hate the coach? Does it say you rolled over like dogs? No, everybody does Does it, it say you have long-term contracts? Yeah. You know, nobody asks it then. When you lose, yeah. Yeah, it's always when you win. So there's and, and a it's second, not unique to anybody. A second loss, no, it, it, you hear it all over if you sure. watch post-games. It yeah. It's, and the other thing that was, I think it's cooled down a little bit, but it, it, was, it was almost like it was contagious. Which, I don't know, can you say that? You know, pre-pandemic, it was contagious. Talk to me about, I was half paying attention to the game while I was talking to my buddies, and I think rebounding was a thing. Talk to me about rebounding and how it mattered tonight. I'm not sure how it mattered, but I'm pretty sure it kind of did, and I need a question. Well, I think what it said about the Jazz is they need their starting guards back, but we've known that now yep. for almost a month. Brian says, tough matchup when you're missing your star guards and you're going against guards of that caliber. And they're on. Yeah, and they were on. They were on. Kyle says, we can't beat a team with a good backcourt. We haven't done it all year. Portland, Golden State, Phoenix. Okay, wait a minute. You won two out of three with Portland. 
You won one out of three with Golden State, and you're 0-3 against Phoenix. So you have beat teams with good backcourts. I get you're 3-6, and six, but that's mostly Does Golden a problem. State have a good backcourt, or do they have Steph Curry? <laughs> I think if you have Steph Curry and you, you have a good backcourt. I mean, with your hook shot and Steph Curry's three-point range, you'd be set. Yeah, I'm not that, that down on the team. I go back to what I just said before we went to commercial. Get the dudes back, and let's roll out the ball and see what happens. I'm ready for it. Uh, we got more people uh, tweeting away at us here uh, <laughs> with your feedback to this thing. And there are people uh, – got a high level of sarcasm here today, PK. I'm rubbing off. Yes, that's what's happening. <laughs> it's uh, you, you're, The people are, are uh, learning here. It's got this guy who's uh, – Sam, they suck, all caps, exclamation point. What a horrible season. I've given up on them. Yeah, yeah I did that. Way to – I did that around midway through that three-month stranglehold on first place. Darren says jazz depth is only so deep. When we're relying on our normal (laughs) rotation guys playing double the minutes, we can only win so many games. Everyone's depth is only so deep. I know, right? You get down to you get guys down to guys eleven to fifteen, and what do you really? Especially now with the payroll being what it is and the structure that it has. Yes, by definition, it has to be only so deep. I mean, you were down nine, ten. I think if you got nine guys who can contribute, that's which the most, they have, that's that, the most you can hope for. That's pretty good. Yeah. Everybody else is going to be projects, works in progress, or so, if not just roster fillers. Like well, they, they may just like be AAA. roster fillers. Yeah. Uh, but if guys seven, eight, nine are about to get paid, or if guy four is about to retire, or whatever, well, yeah, you he, have to be bringing other guys along. Ilyasova is just an insurance policy. Yes. He's not a project. No, he's not. He's not. He is an insurance policy. The representatives of the basketball organizations heralding from San Francisco and Portland put the basketball through the cylinder more times than Utah's representatives, resulting in their representatives being assigned more points in the designated 48 minutes of time. Well, I'm glad he said cylinder because another thing that bugs me is cup. Cup has to have a bottom. Agreed. We're talking to you, Locke. Knock it off. Well, uh, DB said it last night. The great DB. No. Yes, she said it. No. And I love DB. Just fantastic DB. Doris Berkeley. (laughs) So I want to hear Jim Nance. Oh, it's in the basket (laughs) for golf. That's a cup. That is literally a cup. <laughs> they don't go – if they're interchangeable, how come golf never uses it? They should Next be. week's PGA, I want to see them do that. I want to hear them do that. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We want to thank everybody who had us down here today broadcasting live uh, here in Utah County, having a good time, uh, raising money here for uh, some people who are doing some really good work. It's the uh, – Dyslexia Society of Utah. You can find them online, dyslexiasocietyofutah.org. And raising money here to help kids who, uh, who need a diagnosis and uh, who need a little bit of training on how to master some of the difficulties they're having reading. So I oh, want to thank the important. people from Elite Works. Right, exactly. Uh, your wife's a teacher, and so uh, she's probably been uh, down this road a few times. And I have my teaching credential. Yes, you do. Long Thank since expired, but I had one. I, I got one. I went through Thank the program. You. Thank you, Grand Canyon. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for us today. DJ and PK, we're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow from 6 to 10 on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.